Talk Live. Czechoslovakians, one, two, three. Just the Slovakians? Czechoslovakians. Oh. Why do we need to check on Slovakians? It's just what are uh, they doing? Is this a new Biden war? <laughs> no, it's Free Talk Live. Oh, okay. that's right. Live from New Hampshire, it's Saturday night. I don't know why I keep doing that. I should probably stop. But I am a fan of old school Saturday Night Live. You know, like Gilda Radner. Okay. Chevy Chase era. All right. Dan Aykroyd. I've seen replays of those on like Comedy Central. Eddie Murphy. Yep. As Mr. Robinson in Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. Classic stuff, man. Just still funny today, too. I remember... uh, yeah, he was doing an episode of uh, Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood, and uh, Mr. T shows up. Nice. Right? And he sort of, like, you know, breaks down a door, you know. I pity the fool who doesn't listen to Mr. Robinson, right? And then Mrs. T shows up, right, who is just, like, this skinny character, right, with the mohawk and the chains and all that stuff, trying to act like Mr. T, right? I don't remember who the actress was that okay. played it, but it was just classic stuff. Anyway, it is Better free talk than Gumby? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, um, they used to do these, like, cartoon shorts. And, uh, the Ambiguously Gay Duo? That's the one. Yep. Yeah, that's that still sticks in my head Yep. Uh, from uh, from back then. Uh, and That then, persisted onward, because, I, like I said, I saw those episodes yeah. in reruns, but right. I also watched the live show during, like, the Will Ferrell era. I, those are always good. I remember seeing... Um, Dexy's Midnight Runners as the special musical guest. Okay. Now, Dexy's Midnight Runners were a one-hit wonder out of the 80s. They had one song called Come On Eileen. And, you know, it's this, you know, sort of semi-rock tune, you know, with a pop vibe to it, whatever. And it was very popular. Got a bunch of airplay. Everybody, When that song came on, everybody started shaking it's their catchy. booty. It's very catchy. I can hear it, it in my head big, as we speak. Big hook and all that kind of stuff. One of the w- absolute worst performances on Saturday Night Live of all time. The dude obviously had no business singing whatsoever. Okay. Um, out of tune, out of key, forgetting words, you know, Drunk? that kind of stuff. I, I don't know. And, like, the band wasn't, they, they were out of sync in ways. And right. I was just like, what a horrible rendition of this song. I, I never want to hear this song again. And so, yeah, I remember that. Anyway, 603-283-6160 is the telephone number. It is Free Talk Live, uh, talk radio that you can call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. We're going to talk about some stuff, and uh, we generally talk about things from the perspective of peace, freedom, liberty, prosperity, stuff like that. Uh, Very libertarian slash anarchist from a political point of view, if you want to call it that. I don't know. Is it? Pre-show, you're like, you might have to change your definition of libertarian. (laughs) Because I'm punctual. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I count. I'm serious, man. Like, I have to be. Is being late an act of aggression, Captain? I I don't know, but, and like, I like. I like to... Uh... Should we introduce the clockless mountaineer <laughs> while we're on the top? <laughs> yeah, in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Clockless mountaineer. And? Richie Rich. <laughs> we are... I, I don't even actually know if we're expecting Peakless to show up or not. He was having... He, he got his vehicle stuck somehow, and then some stranger, like, you know, helped him out. 
And so then I was like, so are you on your way? And we don't actually know. So we'll see what happens. If not, we'll just proceed. He mentioned the goodness in natives. And I will say this. um, I don't think I've ever been voluntarily late to the show. Okay. Um, There was one time that I almost didn't make it exactly on time. And that's because I was doing a favor for Ian by grabbing his food at Uh dinner before. He's like, bring me a plate. I'm like, sure thing, bud. You know, and the restaurant held me up and I hustled as quickly as I could. But there was also time that on my way here, like my car broke down and there was no chance of me making it. Like it wasn't going to happen. But while I'm sitting there, I think it was like winter time or fall, about this time of year, almost this time of year. As I'm sitting there on the side of the road, like waiting for the AAA and the ride to come get me. A, a handful of you know good good citizens, good Samaritans stopped by to check on me. So mm-hmm. grateful for that, and can support Peakless's. You know the, the people around here are generally good in those types of situations. Yeah, yeah, for certain. Uh, but back to the uh, the libertarian thing. Like there's a there's a joke amongst libertarians that's uh, it's called LST. That's Libertarian Standard Time. And basically, it just means uh, you know 15 minutes late. Up to, you know, thereabouts. Right? Just set it for 15 minutes later, man. And I, I don't know. I've, a long time ago, I became a punctual person. It has helped me tremendously uh, in my career, uh, in working for others, uh, because uh, it helps me, you know, make more money, get promoted, you know, that kind of a thing. Because if you, first of all, if you show up all the time, right, that's, like so many people just have it so wrong. It's like just show up, man. Like, like that's most of having a job is just yes. showing up. Like a job will tolerate a whole bunch of stuff from you, as long as you just you're showing up consistently. Yep. They can depend on you showing up. And then if you can be punctual on top of that, right? That's going to get you noticed. Yep. Um, there is this sort of false thing that happens in the corporate world, where the appearance of working hard uh, gets you promoted over production. So there might be a guy who's more productive than I am. In other words, has more output, better quality output than I do uh, in the same position. But because I would be on time and be consistent with my attendance, uh, I would get the nod for a promotion over that guy. Right. It happened to me a couple of times. And that was the very specific reason that was you know, told to me as to, you know, why I got the nod over the other guy. So another person can do the same job better than you, but if they are inconsistent in their timing and inconsistent in their attendance, well, then, you know, uh, you're going to have to deal with that. Well, and part of that, I would imagine, is the reliability of management, right? Like they have to be there before and stay later. And so even you may not be the best on the production line, but if you're early and stay late, yeah. right, you make up for that by being able to manage the production line yeah. as opposed to the production line going, where's the boss? Right. You know? Right. So anyway, uh, I, I tend to be more punctual than, well, libertarians in general. Um, I'm, I'm usually early. To me, yeah. if I'm on time, I'm late. Uh, yeah. This goes back to uh, something called Lombardi time. Yep. Uh, this is Vince Lombardi, the famous coach of the Green Bay Packers football team, who set the clocks <laughs> so that uh, if it was 7 o'clock, it was really 6.45, so he's, he gave him a 15-minute difference. Yep. 
and uh, you know said things like, "Well, if you're on time, you're late." Right. So he wanted all of his all of his people all the time to be uh, early for everything. I tend to think of it as just being respectful of who you're meeting. Right. Like your time is valuable. Their time oh, is yeah. valuable. Well, and also, um, I like to get prepared. Sure. For the day, I don't like to like rush in at the last second. Yeah. You know, if you're doing an hourly I mean, thing, you got to punch that's work in. Related. And, uh, I'm just you know. talking about in like one one thing that libertarians ought to be good at is keeping their word. Yes. Right. And if I say to you, I will meet you at seven, and then I break my word. Right. That that should reflect poorly on me with in all other relations. And if we're going to have a, a reputational score or social credit, that ought factor in as well. Right. Does does he say does he do what he says he's going to do or not? Right. And and if not, does he make excuses? Oh, well, this happened and this happened and this happened. Or does he just apologize for being late and offered a remedy? Yeah. How can I make this up to you now that I was, you know, disrespectful of your time? I remember uh, Derek J., a longtime host here at Free Talk Live, uh, went on to uh, start uh, AnyPay. Yep. And that kind of thing. Um, he used to say all the time on the radio uh, that as a, a libertarian, anarchist, voluntarist, whatever it is he, you know, claimed to be, that uh, he wanted to be consistently principled. Yes. Right, across all his life. And that starts with just being consistent, right? It's hard to be consistently principled if in the rest of your life you're inconsistent. Yep. So the first step to becoming consistently principled is to just become consistent. Now, some people are consistent in that they're consistently, you know, late or whatever, right? You know, they're they're dependably uh, undependable. <laughs> that is a form of consistency, Yep. Right. But then you don't count on them for anything important. Right. Or you do things like, yeah, I'm having a, having a party at eight o'clock and it's really not going to start until like eight 30. Sure. <laughs> you know, whatever that type of a thing you, you compensate for there. But uh, then you get people like me who hear that and shows up at eight o'clock because that's what time it starts. Well, yeah, but then you get like, you know, premium choice of the seat and that premium choice of the food and you know, that kind of stuff too. There are benefits to being early uh, or at least on time. On the the monthly Manchester meetup for the New Mover Party, yeah, um, there's I think there's only been two occasions in like five years that I've been here where I didn't get my seat at the table. Like I'm like Norm at that place. <laughs> I always got the the corner. I, the I, sh- end. I showed up five minutes late one day, and someone was in my spot, so uh, I sat on the other end of the table. And someone was like, "Why are you sitting over here?" Yeah, like because that you know person is in my seat. <laughs> I'm not going to kick him out because, you know, it's first come, first serve, whatever. Remarkably consistent. All right. So because we're talking about principles and libertarians, uh, this from FEE, three principles for libertarians in times of war. Ooh. Now, I'm not sure what they're saying war is. Now, there seems to be uh, an argument within the United States about well, we're not at war because Congress hasn't officially declared a war. Oh, right. Okay. Um, we're in an entanglement. H- however, it's a kinetic military to, action. Yeah, to me, like war actions equal war. If uh, the United States government is bombing brown people, which they're still doing today, 
Uh, people don't talk about it much anymore. The news just sort of breezes over it if they mention it at all. Uh, but uh, it's still happening. Well, they didn't declare it, but they've got the war on terror, the war on drugs, the war on poverty. Yeah. yeah. They have all these different wars that they, they will label. And then they're funding and training other people to also do warlike actions. Yep. So does that mean that eh, to me? Yes, that's all war Yep. to me. That's I'm all war. So anyway, siding with freedom, the subheadline here, means siding with peaceful individuals and not nation states. The ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas, that's what I'm calling it, Hamas. All right. I heard a, a British- Roast butt. I heard a, a British broadcast. And the, the fighting between Hamas. Uh, Israel and Hamas, you know, and I'm like, oh, Hamas, yeah, okay. Uh, seems to have brought out the worst in many people on both sides, not only in the sense of bloodthirst, of which there is sadly plenty, but also in the sense of letting emotion get in the way of clear moral reasoning. To a lesser extent, the Russia-Ukraine conflict has led to similar results. From the depths of social media to the heights of the ivory tower, the takes people have proffered on these conflicts have been straight up wild. Even those who are otherwise quite good on a lot of issues seem to have left their moral compass at the door when weighing in on this topic. Is the Russia-Ukraine thing winding down? Do you get that feeling? (laughs) I don't think it has changed really at all other than... Uh, I could see why many people might get that feeling because, well, the people have taken down their Ukrainian flags off their Facebook profile or their Twitter or whatever, right? You know, no one's really talking about that anymore. What I didn't see, though, was a bunch of people putting up like an Israeli or a Hamas flag, Hamas flag, on their profiles, right? Like, where? how come they didn't do that? How come they're not supporting them in that way if they think that changing your profile pic on a social media platform is somehow supporting something. Why didn't they follow suit? I mean, that one's a little more tenuous, right? <laughs> I, I, the reason I ask Again, was, be consistent. Yeah, That's all I'm yeah. asking, right? Like, if you're consistent, then people can consistently depend on your action. Yeah. You know? But if you're inconsistent, then, like, well, why should anybody ever believe anything well, you do? Be- because in the Israeli Hamas Hamas thing... Uh, the vast majority of people in that conflict would like to support the aggressors. Either way, like put put their flag up, right? Okay. You know, like if that's what you're going to support and that's your symbol of support. All right, right. You I mean, know, that's fair. Like, where's the little circle around your face with like yeah, no, I support I the Hamas or I support the Israelis or whatever I, it is. I get it. Because if you if you if you put that up against the Russia Ukraine thing, they're they're on opposite sides of the aggressors. <laughs> It's so hilarious. But the the reason I bring up the Ukraine thing is because I keep seeing articles where, you know, there's there's fatigue um, on the American side to fund it, and they they're you know planning on not funding it anymore, or you know they're not giving Ukraine as much. Yeah. And then I don't want to I don't want to fall into the you know the sunk cost fallacy, right? But it's it seems as though there's so much sunk cost. Mm in it right that could have just not contributed to the inflationary pressures at home and the debt and debt if they had just not done that to begin with yeah but wrapping it up sooner okay good but what did what did all that spending get you except for a prolonged war more debt more dead and the same outcome uh i mean the only other thing i can think of is a bunch of people changing their picture on their social media profile that's 
you know, that's an awfully high cost to get people to change their profile picture on social media. Uh, The article continues. In the midst of the deluge of bad takes, libertarians have an opportunity and and a duty. I don't know if they have a duty, but to bring genuine moral clarity to bear on these issues. If we can be cool-headed and principled, especially in times of crisis, we will be that much more respected and that much more closer to winning the hearts and minds of the masses. But what does genuine moral clarity look like when it comes to war? What is the libertarian take? Here are three principles to help libertarians navigate this issue. I'm against it. You're against what? War. Oh, yeah, I am. Certainly. Like, I'm against, well, I'm against the state as an organization. Right? Okay. Government as an organization. Who are the ones who do war. Yep. Right. Uh, in the absence of the state, you might have little skirmishes here and there. There will always be conflict. You might have the the what is it the the Hatfields and McCoys. Sure. Right. You know, a couple couple families that get into it or whatever. You might have some tribal stuff. You know, a la the like Native Americans. You know, uh, you know something like that. But it's never going to be on the level that states are able to wage war because. Well, the states borrow money to wage war at the size and duration with which they commit to it. And without that ability to borrow, you can bet your babushka that them wars will be real short. Yeah, I'm still, you, you brought that up before, I'm still not convinced okay. that it's it has anything to do with the money. It's the power and the demand. Well, the like, well, we can get into that, particularly uh, should... Uh, clockless mountaineer be replaced with a human okay um what say you clockless mountaineer (laughs) (laughs) the time is uh so number one refuse to ignore condone or justify the slaughter of innocence and being anti-war as i am uh whenever there is slaughter of innocence i I try to speak up yep try to bring it up uh, there, are, of course, I'm not aware of everything that goes on of all of the innocents that but are. But when made aware. But when made aware, uh, I I choose not to ignore. I choose not to condone or justify it. Uh, I choose to call it out for what it is: wrong, immoral, unethical, whatever you know you want to put on it. Uh, that is my stance. Now, at the same time, um, you can call out the slaughter of innocents and also redirect blame where it ought to be placed, right? So I'm, I'm specifically thinking of, you know, September 11th here in the United States mm-hmm. where there was a lot of quote-unquote innocence in the building. Yep. And then everyone wanted to blame, like, those dirty brown people over there, right. you know, hate us for our freedom. But in the 9-11 commission report itself, it was blowback was the term they used yep. for all of the aggressive actions that the United States federal government was doing in their country. Yep. Right. So you can't, you can condemn the act yes. and go, but look, it's because the United States is interfering all <laughs> over the world that they feel the need to retaliate. And if you don't, you know, if the United States government isn't doing those things all over the world, yeah. you'll create less terrorists and have less problems here. For those of you new to Free Talk Live, I need to remind uh, those who aren't that the United States of America is an empire. It is, in fact, the largest empire planet Earth has ever seen. 
It's got, uh, I don't even know how many hundreds of bases now around the world. Yep. Uh, the largest military, uh, the most money spent on military. Well, that's what keeps us free, Captain. By orders of magnitude. If it weren't for the military, we'd be at a land no, invasion what, from Russia. That's what keeps the empire afloat. That's what keeps the U.S. dollar, right? The U.S. dollar hasn't been backed by anything since before 1913. Yep. Um, and then if it was sort of pseudo-backed by anything, that all went away at what? Uh, Roosevelt? No. FDR? That sounds right. Yeah. And the, the Going off the gold standard right. in the 70s. So, the, yeah, the last remnants of the gold standard, I think, were wiped away in the 70s. Uh, and the confiscation so, in the 30s. Yeah. And yeah. so the United States dollar right now is only backed by the full faith and force, the violence of the United States military. That's why it still has, quote, value, unquote, because no one has yet, no other, you know, state or country or consortium uh, has stood up to that well and my question is always you know how much how much value does it have to lose before you say it no longer has value because <laughs> we're in like the 99th percent of oh, the last over 100 years uh, just recently too with uh, gold hitting its all-time high right uh the the one dollar today is worth one penny uh According to what it was worth in 1913. Okay, so so 99%, 99% of right. the value of the dollar has gone away. So, it's, but that's not enough to say like it doesn't have any value. Right, like we're we're a penny away from zero value, yeah. but it's still well it's still considered valuable. It it's because it is the the petrodollar, the world's uh, trade currency. Right, if you want to buy okay. oil, you got to yes. use United States dollars to buy oil. But they're they're using a do they're using a currency worth ninety nine percent less than it was initially. Yeah. Like who who does that? Yeah. So wait, does that mean that the hundred dollar bill is the new one? Uh, yeah, it would be. The hundred dollar bill is a new one. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. We'll talk more about libertarian principles as they relate to war here on Free Talk Live. We've also got a couple other things in store tonight for you. So stick around. Give us a call. More coming up. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org.
Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in and listening to tonight's edition of Free Talk Live. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. And Richie Rich. Before we go on, I need to tell you that this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Uh, I actually uh, used Dash at a website called defythegrid.com to buy some gold backs. Nice. Because they accept crypto. And I didn't know that they accepted Dash. I had previously made uh, a very small purchase over there because I'm not wealthy Um, (laughs) uh, using Bitcoin. But I know... Bitcoin's at about 44,000 right, right around now, I think is what it was before. I it's fluctuating around the, that, yeah. Came to the show. And I know that when Bitcoin is on the upswing, the transaction fees escalate. And so I didn't want to get hosed by high transaction fees using Bitcoin. And I didn't even know that this website took more than Bitcoin. just Bitcoin. And so sure enough, there was a drop down at the checkout for like, which type of cryptocurrency would you like to use? And Very I cool. Cash, so. Uh, yeah, and it was quick, and, like, it went through. I got an email from those guys. Yep, we got your order, you know, no problem with the crypto and that, that kind of thing. So uh, it's pretty sweet that way. Uh, Dash also, their transactions are instantly reversible and protected from 51% attacks by its chain locks technology. It's the world's first decentralized autonomous organization, and you can use it uh, at BitRefill, uh, bitrefill.com, I believe is the name of the site. Uh, for purchasing like gift cards. It's the holiday season. If you're doing any gift giving uh, and you want to give gift cards instead of physical gifts, uh, you can do so with crypto. Spritz.finance also allows for you to pay bills and even get some money into your bank if you need that for some reason. So uh, it's easy to get, easy to use. It's also available in the Maya protocol. And you can learn more by visiting dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn more about Dash. That's Dash.org. All right, so we've barely scraped the surface here. We're talking about this article from FEE, F-E-E, which stands for? Uh, The Foundation for Economic Education. And its headline is Three Principles for Libertarians in Times of War. There was a bit of a lead-in, and the first principle was refusing to ignore, condone, or justify the slaughter of innocents. And so the article continues, there are better and worse ways to respond. Sadly, both sides in this conflict have been responding to the injustices committed against their people by committing injustices of their own. Retaliation. Further perpetuating the cycle of violence and giving the other side even more reason to lash out. To, to, Who's going to stop it, though? Like, well, pick a conflict. The, o- the only side that, like, stops being violent is usually the side losing the fight to begin with. Yeah. And then you have to beg. You have to beg the other side to, like, stop being violent towards you because you couldn't muster up a suitable defense. Uh, the, the answer is people. That is the answer. Uh, the people in the conflict. For whatever reason, human beings get worked up into a frenzy by we'll call them political leaders to go and kill other people sure uh that's they have no quarrel with you know, okay uh, the you know the israel hamas conflict is a religious war as i understand it 
Fair. And so there's a little bit of, you know, well, they're not my religion and you know they're killing us. We're going to go kill them. And it's like this. It, it has to be the people with the guns, the people with the bombs. They have to stop. They have right. to decide. Somehow so, someone needs to get to these people. So I know they're not listening to this program. If they are, please put down your guns. Stop. Just stop. Stop fighting other people's wars. Stop fighting religious wars. Sure. But th- there's an ex- there's an example, I don't have it in front of me, of some, you know, Polynesian island nation or something that was full of pacifists. And then they were invaded by, you know, an invading horde of oppressors or whatever. And because they're pacifists, they never fought back. And they lost like 95% of their population mm-hmm. because the aggressors just wouldn't stop killing. They're like, well, if you're, if you're just going to sit there and like take it, then that's what happens, you know. If you you lay down your guns and they don't lay down theirs, you get you get eliminated. When both sides kill innocent people, both sides need to be called out. We can debate the relative degree of evil being perpetrated, but there is no room for selectively ignoring acts of aggression against innocents. The existence of evil within both parties should be acknowledged and condemned by all. Yeah, there's a term for it, collateral damage. Mm, That's yeah. it. They don't even count. The innocents are statistics yeah. in war. Their lives don't matter. Yeah. Um, so many people justify killing innocents with their argument that it's necessary for defense, and so the other side is really responsible for their deaths too. For example, in response to a perfectly civil and even-handed comment from Piers Morgan, Expressing heartbreak for both innocent victims on both sides, Ben Shapiro opined, both are the fault of Hamas. But this makes absolutely no sense. Say a serial killer hides in an apartment building full of innocent civilians. Even if everyone were in complete agreement that the serial killer was guilty, dangerous, and deserved death, would it be moral to bomb the building, killing the murderer along with dozens of innocents? Clearly this is ridiculous. In this misguided pursuit of defense, you just became an aggressor yourself. It's ridiculous, but we've read stories on this show of cops doing that. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, oh, he ran into that house. Yep. And then they murked the whole house. Yep. Chuck like, a couple grenades in there right. or whatever. Yep. We're going to blow up the house to get the one guy rather than just wait it out. Who's got time for that? We've got grenades. All right, uh, moving along, let's go to number two. Stand with individuals and not collectives. Uh, This is something that I see, we'll call them self-proclaimed libertarians violating frequently. Okay. Uh, Libertarians believe in individual rights and individual responsibility, and nowhere is this more important than in war. Regrettably, collectivist rhetoric dominates these discussions, such as when entire people groups get called aggressors or defenders. So what is the individualist alternative? Simply put, we condemn the aggressors, that is, the individuals who are committing identifiable acts of aggression, whether on behalf of the government, terrorist organization, or other military group, or religion. I didn't put that in here. I'm adding that. Libertarians do not stand with one side of these conflicts or another. We do not stand with nations. We do not stand with tribes. We do not stand with governments. Rather, we stand with innocent civilians on all sides against those who seek to control them. Okay. I, w- I want to caveat this because I don't know if I fall into this category. Okay. 
uh, of collectivizing. Um, if you put on the uniform of the aggressor, mm-hmm. you are no longer an innocent. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I don't know that that's true, factually speaking. Well, then it's my opinion. Because, like, you may put on the uniform, but until you actually commit aggression. Yeah. Right? I think you, you're you still an individual or still an innocent at that point. Okay. Right? You You might be thinking about it. You might be, like, signing sure. up for it. You might be like... Yep, gonna go and kill me some some of these enemy people, and I'm gonna put on this uniform to go and do it. So, by by the system's own definition, mm-hmm. a mob is a single organism. If a mob is chasing down an individual, and the individual defends himself by firing at the mob, mm-hmm. and you are part of the mob who committed no act of aggression toward this individual. You don't have a claim against him because you participated in mob violence. An uh, angry mob chasing after you is not an act of aggression. Well, who committed the act? If you're just you're, if you're just a member of the mob. Well, the the mob is aggressing. If the, an angry mob is chasing after you, that is an act of aggression. Okay, but there's no one member of the mob that's committed any act of violence yet. They're just walking down the street with the mob. I see your point. Right. Uh, Murray Rothbard brilliantly exposes the collectivist mindset of war in his book, For a New Liberty. And here's a quote. With the land area of the globe now parceled out among particular states, one of the basic doctrines and tactics of the rulers of each state has been to identify itself with the territory it governs. Since most men tend to love their homeland, the identification of that land and its population with the state is a means of making natural patriotism work to the state's advantage. If, then, Ruritania is attacked by Waldavia, the first task of the Ruritania state and its intellectuals is to convince the people of Ruritania that the attack is really upon them and not simply on the ruling class. In this way, a war between rulers is converted into war between peoples with each people rushing to the defense of their rulers in the mistaken belief, I want to highlight mistaken belief, that the rulers are busily defending them. Sure. This device of nationalism has been particularly successful in recent centuries. It was not very long ago, at least in Western Europe, when the mass of subjects regarded wars as irrelevant battles between various sets of nobles and their uh, retinues. Well, again, when it when it comes home uh, to to your country, because the governments of the opposing side mm. right attack innocents, then it is against you. They're not they're they're killing innocents trying to get at the government, sure, but you're not safe. Your government's clearly failed in protecting you. Well, I how mean, do you defend yourself? Uh, saying it's my government is overstepping, I think. Well, there then, for the people and their government. Yeah, the, the government that claims ownership over you. Right. Is a more accurate term. Like, the, the, the attack on the innocents, right, semantically is an attack on the ruling class. Yeah. But it killed the working class. Yeah. So what is the working class going to do? 
they're they're supposed to be protected by their government. Well, the government failed to do so, supposed to be whatever. If you want to get into semantics, we can. Well, I'm, I'm just but saying that's that the, that's that the be, general thinking. That should be a lesson to individuals: is that your government does not protect you. Okay, so how do you do? If we're only if we're going individual on individual, yeah. how do you hold accountable the pilot or the guy with the button that dropped the bomb? These are very good questions. That's I, why that's I, why you can't do it I on an individual basis. You put on the uniform, you're part of it. Later in the book, Rothbard eviscerates the idea that a defender state has any right to defend itself from an aggressor state. The idea of entering a war in order to stop aggression is clearly an analogy from aggression by one individual upon another, Rothbard writes. Just as Jones has the right to defend himself when Smith beats him up, many argue a defending state has an equivalent right to wage a defensive war when it is invaded by agents of another state. It also follows that other countries can intervene on behalf of the defender state since this would be the equivalent of police action. But aggression only makes sense on the individual Smith-Jones level, as does the very term police action. Rothbard continues, these terms make no sense whatsoever on an interstate level. Why is that? Rothbard lays out his reasoning in no uncertain terms. First, we've seen that governments entering war thereby become aggressors themselves against innocent civilians. Indeed, become mass murderers. The correct analogy to individual action would be Smith beats up Jones, the police rush in to help Jones, and in the course of trying to apprehend Smith, the police bomb a city block and murder thousands of people or spray machine gun fire into an innocent crowd. This is a far more accurate analogy for that is what a warning, a warring government does. And in the 20th century, it does so on a monumental scale. Why any police agency that behaves this way itself becomes a criminal aggressor, often far more so than the original Smith who began the affair. Okay, so now you have an aggressor police state. Yeah, that, an, there's in, a lot to unpack there. An, indiv- an individual in the aggressor police state commits, commits an act of aggression. He runs back behind, in, back into the collective, right, of his police state cronies. How do you hold them accountable? On an individual level. Give out the number. I want to know. 603-283-6160. If you want to weigh in, you want to answer Richie Rich's question for him. Um, Even if the Smith-Jones analogy is granted, Rothbard is saying the proponents of defensive wars have no case. The very analogy they appeal to in order to justify their position actually undermines it. Um, There's a little bit more here about this one, but I want to move on to the third one. Uh, just in the interest of time today. Uh, number three, champion non-interventionist foreign policy. Yeah, that uh, one's easy. This is, I mean, I can't, I, I've got to be a broken record on this show by now by going, uh, you know, uh, the United States has no business funding anything uh, outside of the United They don't even have any business taxing everybody inside the United States, much less taking the money that they've stolen from you and giving it to other countries for the use of war. Giving them weapons, giving them ammunition, sending people over to the train them on how to do war, be warlike, and all that kind of a thing. Uh, it is just uh, no one's business. Yep. 
They should stay out, uh, allow other people in other lands to figure stuff out for themselves. There's no need to build an empire. Uh, all that. It, it, hmm. Well, we are safer here at home, Captain, if we get to pick the rulers of other countries who are favorable to America. You're still violating the nap. I got it. Not everyone's a libertarian. I know. But this story specifically is three principles for libertarians surrounding war. Uh, America has a long history of non-interventionism. Do they? No. (laughs) Wow. What what an unfactual statement. I mean, perhaps they do up until 100 years ago, you know? Well. You know? I mean, the country's only, what, 250 years old, something like that, you know? I don't know how you can be at war for like 90% of that and have a long history of non-intervention. Yeah. I, you're inter- you're intervening somewhere. The War of Northern Aggression. <laughs> uh, the article goes on to say interventionism has many issues associated with it. Okay, I, I can get down with that. First, when a government intervenes in a foreign conflict on behalf of one side, millions of taxpayers are forced to fund an initiative <laughs> they deeply disagree with. This is where the violation of the NAP comes in. Forcing anybody to fund yeah. anything that they didn't ask for, didn't give their consent for, uh, is a violation of the NAP. Yeah, NAP. there's a lot of people that support the war, though. Great. Then they should get off their couch and take up some arms and get their ass over to wherever the hell it is yeah. uh, You know, they, they support the war at and, uh, you know, see how, see how good they can do at it. Or fund it. Yeah, you know, pick up a part-time job and send all that money to, you know, your uh, defender or offender of choice if you want to f- help fund it. Uh, that's fine by me. Just don't force me to pay for any of it. Don't f- don't take any money from me or anybody else that you know hasn't given consent. Uh, perhaps they are rooting for the other side, or perhaps they simply want no part in this conflict, regardless of their reasons for opposing intervention the point is that they are being coerced into funding a cause against their will this is simply unjust people should not be forced to fund things especially wars that they don't agree with if you personally want to get involved feel free to do so out of your own pocket we've covered this well they used to sell war bonds too we need money for the war support your government by buying war bonds man i ran across one of these uh it's like an old poster from like World War Two or World War One. I'm not sure which one, but it was one of these. <laughs> it, it felt very libertarian to me. It was like, "Hey, uh, uh, help us out, uh, grow or start raising chickens in your yard. If every household has chickens in their yard, why we'll be able to get through this this war time." And I was like, "That's weird." That they're like, at some point, the government was like, "Yeah, you should like have some chickens." Get a garden going. You should be self-sufficient. <laughs> now the government doesn't want that at all. Well, because at the time it benefited their war. Right. 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 So, yeah, it is interesting. They'll cycle back to it if, it, if it's in their interest. If it's in their interest. Right. Yes. But I just found that. I'm like, this is so bizarre. Like, government propaganda is. I it's don't whatever even, it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. To, at the time. At the time. At the time. Yeah. And if you take it out of time and put it into a different time, it it's ridiculous. You're like, what the hell? Who would no. believe this? Yeah. But you know, totally, at the time, it's totally what everybody bought into. 
future generations going to look back at this one same thing yeah how did you morons fall for this oh yeah it yeah. was so obvious yeah. in retrospect people say that about like nazi germany they're like yeah how did they let that happen it was so obvious but i mean look at what happened with covid man that was almost global what's the word i'm looking for the phrase uh, uh when 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 the military takes over martial law martial law nearly martial law across the globe because all of these governments started doing the same things to their people yep and fortunately they didn't get any further than they did i'm surprised they got as far as they did but um a lot of people were very outspoken people i didn't think would speak out started speaking out and and i'm grateful for everyone who did speak out um i don't i think it was you know uh, a long time coming. I think it took a l way too long for people to start speaking out and that kind of a thing. Um, the libertarian movement here, at least part of it, or individuals within it, yep. were gripped by fear. Right. And so they they all of a sudden came down on the side of the state yep. saying, like, you dirty hippie libertarians, stop throwing your parties, stop congregating with each other yep. because the state won't take their boot off my neck until you guys get in, in line and stay home. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not how compliance works. <laughs> Two weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah, open a freaking history book. Uh, at no time. Or, in or don't, because it's written by the winners. Yeah. Imagine that. Uh, Good and guys if, always win in the history books. Uh, the author continues, and if the coercive means of raising money isn't bad enough, Consider what the money is being used for. These funds are being used, amongst other things, to kill thousands of innocent civilians. As such, the politicians and bureaucrats facilitating this fundraising are quite literally acting as an accessory to murder. People forget this about politicians all the time. They are accessories to every crime the state commits. So let's, let's go back to the innocence part of this article. Mm -hmm. If you are complicit in paying your taxes and funding the state's war machine, mm -hmm. are you really an innocent? Well, funding in your context is via taxation, which is under duress. It's un Well, it's under duress for, like, libertarians. There's a lot of people out there that are joyous in paying their taxes which is why when I, tax I, protesters... I've never met anybody who's like, oh, yay, it's tax time. Oh, do you want me to find a tweet? I get to pay my taxes. You don't. You want me to find a tweet of I'm the rich people they, going like... I'm not saying pe those people don't exist. I wish I exist. were taxed more. I don't, I'm not saying those people don't exist, but I think they're few and far between. I think that uh, the majority of people, at least in the United States, uh, if they were told, hey, guess what? You don't have to file or pay taxes anymore, they wouldn't. Okay. And outside of libertarian circles, you don't hear the taxes are the price we pay for civilized society more frequently than you'd like? I mean, I haven't heard that in a while, but then again, I run, run in libertarian circles. circles so, yeah. yeah. Get out more. They exist. I, no, that's why I came here. I don't no, I get be it. around that. I get it. <laughs> you but then you in, this is the problem. This is another problem with libertarians, right? At least here. We're so insulated within our own community, it's hard to see what's going on and what, like, you know, Mr. and Mrs. America think about things. I've still got like, plenty of like we'll call them normie friends, you know, right. not not in New Hampshire, 
Okay. Um, I, in fact, uh, I, I showed somebody back in the Seattle area a video of like one of the the mask protests that we had here in Keene at the at the grocery store for you know not letting a disabled person in without wearing a mask or whatever. And uh, they said, uh, man, if you tried something like that in in Seattle proper, I think you'd get shot. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live. Hour number two is coming up. Still to come, what's going on in Brazil? We'd like to invite you to visit Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Right. We're going to freestyle on the radio because it's Free Talk Live. <laughs> Freedom of speech, right? Allegedly. 603-283-6160. That's the number here in the studio if you'd like to join us. It is a live call-in talk radio program. We've been talking about uh, libertarians and principles and how it uh, relates to war. There was an article from FEE, F-E-E dot org, Three Principles for Libertarians in Times of War. It is human, of course, to react to fear. When yeah. fear is presented, it is human to you know have a reaction to become illogical, even irrational, when filled with fear. So I mean that's two made two motivators, man, away from pain or right. towards pleasure. And so that is something that freedom oriented people, libertarians, anarchists, voluntarists, whatever, need to keep in mind, particularly when politicians are, you know, shoving some crap down your throat. It's election season. Yeah. There's been debates and presentations yeah be aware of halls be aware of you know what episode and season of you know the united states you're in (laughs) or if you're outside of the united states like keep track of whatever you know government claims that uh to own you and and what season it is for them as well uh before we go on i want to remind you about fork fest it's coming up in june uh, you can join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians June 13th through the 16th for the 8th annual ForkFest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which has sold out in recent years. ForkFest happens... The, it's funny how that's worded. Which has sold out in recent years. Like, there's two meanings to the phrase sell out. Yep. You know what I mean? Well played. It's interesting that, that that's in there. Um, ForkFest happens the week before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. ForkFest is decentralized, which means there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, your RV site, or your motel room with Rogers Campground for June 13th through the 16th. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. 
You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there June 13th through the 16th, ForkFest.Party. Now uh, that RFK has said that he's been on, like, you know, the Epstein plane, is he still, like, the libertarian's boy on the Democrat side? Oh, God, I hope not. Okay. Just checking. I, he was, I their, keep, he I, was their boy at the last ForkFest. I keep, yeah, I keep seeing <clears throat> self-appointed libertarians <clears throat> supporting... Uh, RFK, Vivek, or what's the broad Nikki name? Nikki Haley. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, do you guys like? I don't, I don't understand how you can call yourself a libertarian and not see through the crap, the BS, the lies. Right? These are people who are after power. No, no, Captain, we see through it, but they're still the best alternative we have. Uh, no, how about rule yourself? That's the best alternative you have. Yeah. The only winning move is not to play. Thank you, War Games. Yeah, I take issue with that because there's, you know, like they, they couldn't figure out one way to win a game of tic-tac-toe. <laughs> I like, thought you on. meant with like libertarians and, and like, you know, voting and stuff like that. Um, well, that, there, that too, but War Games the movie. Is there like, is an argument about voting and self-defense, right? I can't, I can't say that like that's not a valid argument. It is. It's an argument. And well, some it's people, an argument. Some people use it. And like, well, this one, but like to me, it's not valid because you are still forcing other people to your preference. Yep. If if it goes your way, if you vote for somebody for some reason at any level of government, and it goes your way, you are now forcing your preference onto other people, even if that happens to be my preference as well, right? You know, you want to vote for like less laws, okay? You know, to like to a lot of libertarians, that's a win. That's what you want, right? You want a reduction in government. And and like I get that, but like you're still violating the non aggression principle by forcing other people to your preference. Using okay. using government is to get your way is a violation of the NAP. One of the one of the difficulties with uh the gun in the room analogy yes. that everyone used to like to use. Yes. I still right. do from time to time. Okay. Well, the safest place to be is holding the gun. Well, okay, but you're still uh, using coercion. I get it. Right. But the the way the gun is not pointed at you is to make sure it's pointed at somebody else. Yes. Or to the ground. I don't care which. Holster. But unless unless you have the gun, right, right you are in danger of it being pointed at you. That's why you decentralize all the guns, and then, you know, now everybody has one. Yeah. Mutually assured destruction. Well, you know, I, I don't have a problem, you know, if if everybody is uh, allowed to arm themselves to their heart's content. I don't have a problem with dealing with an occasional psychopath on an individual basis or even like in, in you know, like my neighborhood or something like that because I can deal with them on an individual basis Yeah. to, to my satisfaction. Uh, whereas if it is something voted on uh, an organization of largesse such as the government you, there's no way to deal with that to your individual satisfaction that's kind of what my point was earlier yeah. with the uniform how are you going to deal with it on an individual level you can't they are they are hidden within the collective on an individual level all right so uh we talked a bit about these principles uh we talked about uh that kind of stuff i wanted to talk about because you and i both had the same story for show prep yeah. today. And it's a very, very short story. 
Oh, that's no. funny. Wait, no, it's not that short. Oh. I was thinking of a different one. Oh, which one were you thinking? I was thinking of... Don't spoil it. Okay, well, I won't spoil it, but we'll talk <laughs> about that one <laughs> should we have time on tonight's show. Unless you call. 603-283-6160. Then we'll talk about what you want. This, uh, I tease going to the break, what's going on in Brazil? Well, everybody's familiar with AI. That's artificial intelligence. Right? Taking over the world. Chat GPT. What's the... What's Bard. The, what's the Twitter one now? Grok. Oh. oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or supposedly is. I don't know what right. it actually is. It, it's there. Supposedly, you can use it if you, like, subscribe. I've they, seen a couple Elon tweets about Grok. I had no idea what it was. They sent me the most ridiculous, like, I logged into, into the Twitter, and they sent me... I'm just going to pull it up right now, because... First of all, if you're a professional organization and you are trying to get somebody to well, give you money for something that was previously free, yep, right? So signing up for these social media sites, generally no cost to you because you are the product or service. They're yep. collecting data on you and your habits and turn around selling that. That's how they make money. Everybody's known this for a long time. If you didn't know that, well, surprise, that's, that's what they're doing. Uh, and I'm, I'm still the anomaly within this group of people. I go, like, I will take personalized ads. It's better than the random nonsense you're going to get. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm on here, so obviously I'm okay with them sending some ads as I scroll yeah. through or whatever. You know, it's fine. Right? And I purchased off social media before. But if you're a professional organization and you're trying to, well, advertise to entice people to sign up for a thing, right, they should know enough about me to know that if they give me a, a pitch a sentence, a phrase, a, a paragraph that is horribly worded, horribly punctuated, uh, that it is going to do, it's going to have the exact opposite effect. It's going to, A, make me ignore their message completely, B, ridicule them about that, and C, like, really never want to give them any money voluntarily. Okay. Right, outside of the ads scrolling by, right? So you're, they, you're a grammar Nazi. Uh, to I'm an extent, not buying from anyone but, with a typo. But no, no, no. It's not. It's not just a simple typo. Listen okay. to this. All right, fair. Go ad free in for you with Premium Plus. Go ad free in one. for you, and and also like all of there's two words that are not capitalized in and with. Okay. Go is capitalized. Ad is capitalized. Free is capitalized. In is not. For is capitalized. You is capitalized. The word you. With is not, and then premium is capitalized with the plus sign after okay. it. Here's a screenshot. I actually took a screenshot of it and highlighted it and reposted it on Twitter going, The in for you is the only thing that doesn't Tango make sense. Pro uh, Foxtrot is this. What the FCC were they thinking? Somebody speculated that this is actually an AI-generated ad. Okay. And I'm like, well, then there is, then it's just artificial. I There's mean, no if, intelligence behind this if, whatsoever. If they're trying to promote Grog, then it very well could be. But if they, if they had left out the in for you, it makes sense, right? Go ad free with, with premium free, plus. right, yeah, yeah. But go ad free in free. That's like that's a nonsense. That, that's not even a phrase. It's not a sentence. Right. There there is no punctuation. It's not even common parlance. Yeah, I don't even mind the lack of punctuation. But if you're going to advertise to me, don't advertise nonsense. Got it. They should know this with the amount that I scroll, and if there is an ad that I click on, right, they should know this. They've collected tons of data on me from my scrolling activities over the course of however the hell long I've had this Twitter account. This is how I know, know Premium Plus is a Nigerian scam. <laughs> so anyway, people are familiar with the, the concept of AI. Many people have 
you know, gone on and used like a version of Chat GPT or monkeyed around with it or had it try and generate I have monkeyed around with Bard. Bard. Okay. A little bit. Right. I haven't monkeyed around with any of this. Okay. Uh outside of in, in one of my jobs, um, I have I, well, I used to have uh, the responsibility of doing voice work, uh, voice recordings for uh, telephone systems. I knew I've heard your voice on some call yeah. center recording yeah. before. Totally, totally. Uh, however, AI now is able to generate incredibly human-sounding fake voices. And by fake, I mean artificial voices. Yep. So it used to be an artificial voice would have these weird... And you could tell that it was artificial. AI has made that a thing of the past. Well, and before AI came to prominence within the last year, Google had the Google Assistant that they were promoting that was realistically sounding, you know, for for, for tasks. Right. And so all of that has now come to fruition within the, uh, we'll call it the telephone industry, uh, where now if you're using one of these uh, artificial voices, for your phone system, uh, and you want to change, like, one person's name, you're like, you know, because you'll hear a recording, like, to reach Bob, press 1. For Jim, press 2. For Jane, press 3. Well, if, you know, Bob gets fired and, you know, Bill gets hired, normally you have to go record a thing again, the whole the whole yep. uh, sound file of all of the names. If you're a good recording engineer, perhaps you've saved that and you can go in and just go, Bill, and then cut and paste and fly that in, but it oftentimes doesn't, doesn't sound flow right. doesn't yeah. flow right, and you have to record the whole thing. And it usually takes less time just to record the whole thing anyway. Well, now it's just a text box, so you just highlight Bob and replace it with Bill and hit save, and the voice automatically changes. The flow is great. the the right. The timber is fine, like it sounds. And there's like different styles, different. Um, it used to be you had to pay for these things. You had to hire some voice talent from a voice talent company and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and if, you know, your business was multilingual, well, you had to hire multiple people. Or if you got lucky, you could find, like, one person that spoke, you know, many languages and that yeah. kind of a thing to do that. Those are the guys who are making real money in that. Are you okay with this? Because, like, it seems like it would ease some of the workload. And like, all right. Well, I, I am because... Uh, I'm old. Okay. <laughs> and I say that because um, the freelance clients that I that I have currently still call me because okay. I've been doing their system for, yeah. you know, whatever, 5, 10, 15 years, whatever it is, 20 years, and they know my work, and they're happy to pay me because I get it done and get it done quickly and all that kind of stuff. They might not even be aware that their system can do it another way. Okay. But they just don't care. Yeah. Uh, you know, most of the time in the course of a, a corporate world business, right, they want the thing that takes the least amount of effort and time. Yeah. And so for them, it's like, send me an email, give me a call, leave me a voicemail, be like, hey, this is Jan from XYZ Company. We need you to redo the, the list of the employees again, or it's the annual time for that here. They'll just send me what they need done, and I'll do it, and I'll reply, okay. and, like, it'll be done. So, like, because I provide a good service and I'm punctual and all that kind of stuff— I I have lost clients because of this, but I okay. still have some freelance clients that are like, no, we're just gonna do it this way. Okay, I mean, there's there's it's one thing to lose clients and be okay with it; it's another thing to go like, this ought to come to an end. Yeah, no, I okay. like technology. I have been, <laughs> I've made an entire career, uh, accidentally, <laughs> out of technology, right? 
like still to this day, the reason that I am employable is because my Google foo, if you will, my ability to search stuff is stronger than the average person. Okay. Right. Particularly when it comes to doing support stuff. So if I go to work for a company and I am troubleshooting a specific product, but it's connected to other products that we don't support, you're supposed to give best effort to right. solve the problem before you, you know, ask the client to contact, you know, whatever vendor or whatever provider of the other thing is. But you give a best effort thing. Well, oftentimes you can just go online, do a little search for like, hey, how do I do this? Oh, yeah, you unplug, you plug back, or you get a reboot here. Let and, me Google you know, that for you. Yeah, L-M-G-T-F-Y. Uh, and so, like, I've made a career out of being able to do that, being able to, like, solve problems on the fly because I have the ability to search things and get the answers and fix the problem and make people happy. Nice. Right. So, like, and every time there is a new technology or a new version of something that comes along or something that, like, oh, well, you know, like a QA automation for software, right? That, <laughs> a lot of people lost their jobs when automation came around but you know who kept their jobs those who adapted okay and and learned how to run the automation yeah instead of doing the qa part they learned how to do the automation part right and that is what kept them above so uh, uh can this, you program the ai this came up recently somebody was talking about alpha right like alpha male Oh, okay. Right, that kind of a thing. Like, what makes an alpha male? Like, people have this sort of, like, romanticized... Bald head, big muscles, tiny voice. Like, something, right? Yeah, it's a muscular, tall, right? You know, carrying a, an axe, looking like a lumber... I don't know. Whatever, right? Some people have, you know, a, a vision in their head of what an alpha male looks like. Well, it turns out that uh, the alpha is not even uh, the strongest. It's not even the smartest. It's the most adaptable. Okay. So as a human being, the more adaptable you are to an environment, to a situation, to something new coming along, the more success you're going to have. I don't care what it is, right? Adaptation is what has made survival, really, but that's adaptation. Adaptation is what has made human beings continue to survive all of this time. So the better you are at adapting, the better off you're going to be, the more success you're going to have. So... Uh, I have adapted to technology because, I mean, I started getting into it when it was still analog. Yep. Right? Analog recording, right? All that kind of stuff. Pushing buttons, actual buttons. You know, doing editing two-inch 24-track tape with a razor blade and some actual tape, taping pieces of tape together to make, you know, oh, a verse goes into a chorus now. You know, that kind of a thing. And then that all got turned into software over the course of time. And... You know, I could have been like, no, screw that. You're putting these tape cutters out of work, which is true. You were. Yeah, and you still, absolutely like, were. And still, like, there's a couple of guys out there that, like, if you need some tape cut, you know, grandpa tape cutter going to come walking yeah. through that door, and he's going to do a better job of it than anybody else. But, like, those are few and far between. I'm kind of that guy on the okay. telephone side of stuff right now. I'm the old guy who still does the voices oh, for a man. few systems, right? Yeah. But, like, by and large, I've been replaced. You're, you're going to end up with a government job because they're using the most outdated technology available <laughs> and you're going to be the only guy left to call? No, I'm, a, I'm adaptable. Okay. Right, so... Like, well, you're adaptable, yes. but they're not, right? So right. They, they have right. the old tech. Right. They need someone who can use the old tech and the new people coming along, the youngins aren't going to be able to use the the new tech. 
it's like the the uh there was an article some time ago uh the pc that the school lights were connected to in some state was such on an old thing that no one could turn the lights off because no one knew where the wires were running to and how to run the program. You mean the lights within a school? Within a, just stayed on permanently wow. because they couldn't figure out the programming <laughs> on how to turn the lights because the system was so old and the pro, the programmer like passed or moved on or whatever. Yeah, and there's no YouTube video for that. There's nothing. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've bumped into stuff like that too with old yeah. telephone systems. They call them premise systems. Yeah. Where like, you know, you have a business location, you got a closet with a bunch of rack mount gear in it. People are like, are those computers? Nope. But well, what is that? That's the phones. There's a nuclear, <laughs> there's a nuclear station somewhere that's running on floppy disks. Oh yeah. Yeah. Forget about it. So, uh, adaptability is really the, the point of my rant. If you want to go further in life, you want to be more successful, you want to be more on top of it, be adaptable. Um, I don't know. That's good advice. I don't know how individually you go about doing that. That's up to you. But if you can be adaptable to your situation, you will go much further. Uh, well, te- a, a good place to start is be gullible, first of all. What? Well, because in order to be adaptable, you have to be open to new things. And people who are closed-minded and hard-nosed about things don't open themselves up. Yeah, but that doesn't mean gullible. Well, but you have to believe something different than what's already in your head. That's different than being gullible. Okay. Being gullible is like falling for it. Right? Well, falling for somebody else's BS. Well, not, but it's not necessarily BS. That's what I'm saying. I see. You yes. have to fall for it. Be open-minded. Yeah. That's different than being gullible. Uh, being gullible is like being a sucker. Now we're parsing semantics again. Yeah, that's, uh, definitions are a thing for a reason. Okay. Well, let's look up gullible. Continue. Okay. If if you uh, if you say it really slowly, orange sounds just like gullible. <laughs> See, but I, in order to be open to that thought, I'd have to try it. Right. But if you were gullible, you'd just believe and be like, "What?" And then you'd go orange. Oh no. Okay. What does it say? What does the magic rectangle say, Richie Rich? Easily persuaded to believe something. Okay. There you go. So what's going on in Brazil? What have they done using AI? Well, this from the AP. Brazilian city enacts an ordinance that was secretly written by ChatGPT. Nice. (laughs) And it passed all the muster. Passed the sniff test. Now, the politicians went, yeah, that's right. That ought to be a law. Now, we haven't even gotten into the meat of the article, but the first thought off the top of my head is, well, at least you know that AI actually read the thing before it submitted it. Maybe. I mean, well, they, it, it they, composed it. They so, composed it. So it, you know, it had to have, you know, ingested the text in okay. some way, shape, or form, yeah. as opposed to what we know happens with politicians. Doesn't mean it comprehended it, though. I mean, okay, right. but I ha- I don't have that expectation for politicians right. either, right? Fair enough. 603-283-6160. We'll find out more about what's going on in Brazil with this. Uh, is this legislation by AI? Is this lawmaking by AI? Is this coming soon to you? It's Free Talk Live. Wake up and Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. We have been enslaved for all our lives. 
It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. Talk radio that you can take control of. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, Captain Kickass, joining me. And Richie Rich. And Clockless Mountaineer. (laughs) Filling in for Peakless Mountaineer tonight is Clockless Mountaineer. He's just a stick in the mud, that's why. (laughs) Uh, he's, yeah. Uh, no longer a stick in the mud, but he was a stick <laughs> in the mud. We're giving him crap, of course, but, uh, yeah. He's, well deserved. He's uh, not going to be joining us this evening, so we have found out he is okay. So that's the important part. Uh, we, we'll see him return next week. Unless, of course, you know, he pulls a hamstring or something, right? Ends up on IR. Pulls a hammy. <laughs> Stubs a toe. <laughs> Toeless mountaineer. I tripped on my way out the door. That's why I'm 15 minutes late, Captain. <laughs> I mean, it's happened to me, too. Like, I remember getting ready to come to the show. And, you know, I'm leaving early, right? Because I like to get here, you know, a good half hour before the show starts. I got prep stuff to do in the first chair before the show starts or whatever. It doesn't take me a half hour. But, like, you know, sometimes we get to chatting or something goes yeah. wrong and I need time to figure it out, whatever. Um, but I got in my car and just nothing. Just nothing. I'm like, ah, crap. And Ian was still here at the time, and so yep. I had to make the call. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's happened to me. I just freshened my battery yesterday or the day before. Yeah. It turned out, uh, in my case, it wasn't the battery. It wasn't the starter. Uh, it was something called a relay. Oh, okay. And it's just a little square-looking thing with some plugs on the end of it, and, uh, and it was like a $12 part or something. Okay. And Yeah. So, But, you know. Had to get it towed somewhere to find that out. <laughs> that 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 sort of happened to me once in an in an old car that was not drive by wire. Right, I got into a fight with the chick. I left in haste and I smashed the accelerator, and then it just wouldn't go anywhere. Just pedal right to the floor, just done. Wow. So we had it, you know. Then I had to make the call. Like, yes, we're still fighting. But you got to take me home now. Because <laughs> you know, my car broke. We're, we're still going to fight later. This is not the end of the fight. We're going to fight, but you're going to take me home first. Mm. So we get we get the car, like, towed to my mom's house. Yeah. And my mom has, like, a mechanic friend. Mm-hmm. So he, like, he pops the hood, and he finds the, the pedal cable, and he just hooks it back on the, the accelerator, you know. And that was it. Like, bink, like, right there. And all of a sudden, it had tension again. Wow. Because it was not computer-driven. I had this happen. Um, I got uh, I got a set of these custom mats. I'm not going to name the brand, but you know the brand uh, that you order online for for your car uh, on the floor. I, I the don't floor know mats. the brand. Oh, okay. there, there's a brand. Like if you go online, you plug in the year and make a model of your car, it'll send you the okay. ones that are exactly designed to custom fit. Okay. You know your car, right? Does it so, have like a weird name that you or you just don't want to advertise? I, I don't want to advertise. Okay. All right. Um, so at any rate, I order some of these. 
and uh, I'm driving along, and a, a hill comes up, and the car's kind of, it bogs down a little bit when you're going up the steep hills. So I step on the gas, and then when I get to the top of the hill, normally you let off the gas like a little before the top to make the car slow back down or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I do that, except, like, the accelerator doesn't come back. Like, the way the mat was, it, like, the, the, the accelerator got stuck by okay. the, the edge of the mat itself. And so I ended up having to, like, reach down and, like, pull back on the mat to get it to get the accelerator to unstick. Because okay. I was like, what the hell's going on? And, like, all of a sudden, like, it was just going to go faster and faster. You know, I'm riding the brake with my other foot while I'm, like, reaching yeah. out. And it's kind of a hard reach. And, yeah. But I got out of it. All right. Well played. At any rate, um, let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. We have Tim calling from Florida. Tim, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. I've been listening since at least about 2010, but I'm I'm sure it was long before that. But I've been trying to remember for a long time when I started listening to Free Talk Live. I can't remember, but you were talking about how at one time it was Mark and Ian six nights a week. Yeah, I think you mentioned that, Richie Rich. I did, because it was. Yeah. I think yeah, I at one point it was Mark and Ian seven nights a week, I think. Well, w- they added the Sunday show later. Okay. And then it got overwhelmed. I want I might be projecting, sure, but yeah. it got overwhelming, and that's when the Sunday crew became the rotating cast of people working their way into the program. Does that make sense? Well, what, did, was there a I question mean, or just a thought there, Tim? No, no, I was just thinking out loud. Um, okay. Actually, I called about, uh, I think it was a few weeks ago. Uh, you mentioned, Captain, the U.K. television license for <laughs> uh, radio-based radio-based televisions. And I have always imagined that if the federal government were going to crack down on cryptocurrency, like peer-to-peer cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. uh, the, the way they could actually do it, and I know people say, oh, don't give them ideas, but they've already had the ideas, okay? And sometimes it's better to rip the Band-Aid off so a defense can uh, be formed. You know, they basically have to institute something like, you know, a cryptocurrency mining license. And just like, you know, they would track a marijuana grower, a grow house by the electricity usage and the water consumption. And they would do the same thing and they would stake out, you know, uh, cryptocurrency miners that didn't have the proper license, and they could do the same thing for computer use, you know, just like you mentioned a couple of weeks ago. It well, would be that might be difficult within the United States just because a lot of the mining happens overseas, but the, those countries could absolutely do it, and then it would move elsewhere as well. And then, I mean, there are people who are mining crypto not using an electric company right so they're i don't know they're they're mining it with uh, a generator they're mining it with solar they're mining it with wind or yeah. some combination of those uh with uh, even uh, hydropower right there's people who have you know a river running through their property you know stick a wheel in the river it turns a thing that makes some electricity and you know they turn that into crypto um so i mean those aren't the major ways it's done obviously the major ways it's done is yeah. some of these uh, larger companies have these crypto farms where they've got hundreds or thousands of crypto mining rigs all, you know, very neatly. It looks like a warehouse full of, like, crypto rigs, if you've ever seen one. Um, and so, uh, to your point, yeah, there's a lot of things that they could do. 
I think that yeah. that one's a little outside of their scope. Well, and it would it would revert it back. It would re, it would revert it back to more decentralization as well, right? Like when I I was so early on Bitcoin, yeah. and didn't take advantage, and my introduction to Bitcoin um, was was like through technology. But do you remember the old like um, SETI at home program? Yes. Like the, you, the gonna, search for extraterrestrial we're intelligence. We're going to use your computer, yep. your computer cycles to search for extraterrestrials. Yep. So I had that running on an old computer a long, long time ago. I had uh, some protein folding thing running on a PS3 when that was a thing. Yep. And around that time, like, I heard about Bitcoin. Mm. And I went, oh, something similar. You just use my processing cycles and, you know, I get coin, right. whatever. Um but I had a netbook at the time. Okay. So I ran it, you know, the, the the protein folding on my, you know, my PS3, I could fire that up and see like, oh, I folded like, you know, a thousand proteins today or whatever. Yeah. Right. Well, I ran the original Bitcoin protocol on a netbook for like two weeks and didn't generate anything. Right. And so I turned it off, gave up for you know, <laughs> a few years. And I'm like, oh, this Bitcoin thing is really taking off. I might you know, should probably get into it. My point being is if they if they disrupt the mining industry mm. with the you know the warehouse full of crypto miners to maximize your hash rate, um, I think you'll just see more individuals getting back into it because they know they now have a shot, right? I think just this week there was a bit there was an article posted like an individual miner got a payout in Bitcoin because yeah. his he mined the one block he mined the got, one yeah. block yeah you know but it's such a rarity well, because of all these warehouse fulls of of miners um but if they if they crack down on the warehouse it'll just go back to the individual tim hey a couple other thoughts if, if i may uh sure. m- most importantly uh what happened to nobody i i thought that well first of all let me be, before you answer that question i've been wanting to say this for a while I'm I'm not going to say that I love every single night. That's all I'm going to say about that. But uh, you, Captain, Richie Rich, Peakless, Nobody, who I miss. I miss hearing Nobody so much. And uh, Steve Classic, uh, you guys, you make the show. And, and I, you know, I used to listen to Mark and Ian argue, and I used to love that stuff. And eventually <laughs> I outgrew it. And I stopped listening for a long time. Yeah. And then I, when I came back, I heard you guys, and I'm like, oh, this is a great show. And uh, Beard Talk Live, if, you know, I wish every night was Beard Talk Live, even if it wasn't the cussing. Oh, thanks, man. Um, yeah. Somebody, there there was something that occurred that I'm not uh, at liberty to say on the radio. Something happened, and uh, it was decided that nobody wasn't going to be uh, on either show uh, at this studio. So okay. that that's all I can say about that. Uh, he, I, I miss him, man. I, I, miss I, I have so seen him a couple of times. Uh, I haven't seen him recently, but uh, I every he time didn't violate any protocol. No, no, for, no. The, for the show itself. Yeah, it it's it's hard to. I can't really tell you without like right. telling you, yeah. right? But like, no, it's okay. De- it's fine. It's a fine. decision it's was fine. made that's above my. You know, we'll we'll call it my pay grade or whatever. Uh, and so, but I encourage him to do media. Uh, you know, if that's something he wants to do, like I just imagine him uh, with a laptop and a and a microphone in front of his face, going on one of his famous rants, and like just call that, you know, nobody tells the truth. 
Well, he was remote for a little while, too, yeah. wasn't he? Like, yeah. you guys set up some protocol where he could still host yeah. from home. Yeah. You know. Uh, and then uh, Beard Talk Live is on a uh, on a hiatus. There, There's some things that, uh, and that's my decision, uh, I put Beard Talk Live on hiatus uh, because there's some changes that I want to make. I actually acquired uh, the website, beardtalklive.com, so I'm working on that uh, I want to bring it back at some point, but it's probably not going to be anytime soon. You know, look for it sometime next year, hopefully. You better hurry up, or so I'm going to shave this thing. I'm not. Well, I'm not waiting around forever. I, I mean, I mean, just free talk live with the same people. Oh yeah. You know, even if it's not exactly the same show. I mean, to me, it's the the people that are important. So when it's when it's like the two of you and, and Peakless, I that's what I really like more than any other night of the week. Thanks, man. We appreciate you uh, listening. Because controversy creates cash. We just sat around agreeing with each other. Well, want to be as fun of a show. To me, Free Talk Live is—it's a unicorn, man. Um, not only is it a unicorn, but it's a canary in the coal mine. Yep. Uh, and so, if Free Talk Live goes off the air for any reason other than Market Ian decided to pull the plug, right? We're getting old, or you know, we've we've done it, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, if it goes off the air for any other reason, well, that's an indicator to you as to the state of, well, the police state, right? Uh, because the only way we're going to go off the air is kicking and screaming uh, or Mark and Ian are like, okay, we're done. And and just know they've already raided the studio twice right. and we're still here. Yeah, yeah but... Uh, well. and, and even if Mark and Ian call it quits, right, because at least Ian is not, you know, big on intellectual property. Uh, it may not be like live on the air, but we could carry on the brand and just keep that thing going without any That's permission true. at all. Yep, strike, strike me down. I'll become strong, you know, like with uh, what was that SEC issue uh, with the library. <laughs> <laughs> I've been using uh, the phrase or the words or letters, I guess, FCC. FCC. Uh, in substitute for cussing. So, Tim, you're a mother FCCer, <laughs> for example. Not that not that I think you are, but... Be nice to the callers. That's what the show's built Hey, what, one other thought. Um, a, a few weeks ago, I've been catching up on the shows, but uh, someone referred to Nashua as the waste bucket of New Hampshire, and I thought the idea of basically seeding... The, the, the town of Nashua to Massachusetts was pretty interesting. And also, there's a paradigm in history for it. Uh, you look at the Sudetenland land in the Czech Republic, which is also the place that Dave Ridley was calling about. Mm. Um, but in modern times, they called it something else, Lieberland. And the Donetsk region of Ukraine that had primarily Russians, um, you know, it's the same kind of idea. I mean, ultimately, it's, it, it should be down to the individual level. You know, people should be able to decide. Yeah. I want to know, know who said that about Nashua. Oh, I'm, trying, it, to, I'm trying to remember. Was it Nikki? It okay. might have been Nikki. What was, what was the rationale behind it? Oh, it's just that uh, Nashua is like basically a Boston suburb. Okay. That, you know, it's it's the, the Massachusetts people who are like, right. we have to get our house across the border for to save okay. on, you know, yeah. Not property tax, obviously, but, you know, everything else. All right. Well, because within the last couple of weeks, there was there were some articles like the nicest or the happiest, or the friendliest city, you know, in the country. And Nashua was like on the list. So to to be to be on a positive list for New Hampshire and then to be called the waste bucket. 
was <laughs> dichotomous to me. And yeah. you know, let's let's leave Nashua, let's let's leave Nashua there as a buffer, because if you cede it to Massachusetts, then those people will just move further north to get the same benefits. So yeah. it would be the demilit- demilitarized zone. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's do that. But, and and let's, let's do it better. Let's put the demilitarized zone as part of Massachusetts, so New Hampshire doesn't cede any of that land either. Ooh. I like it. Yeah, me too. Anything else, Tim? You too. Have a good night. Hey, thanks for your call, man. We appreciate you listening. 603-283-6160. Uh, Nashua, we're both <laughs> friend and foe are welcome. No, I, I, I actually, I mean, there has to be some... I guess I want to call it gray area between okay. Massachusetts and New Hampshire. Yeah, at I just, some point, I just want it to be in know? Massachusetts. Uh, okay, <laughs> like I don't, I don't really want you know anything seeded or whatever. Like I, I'd be just, I'd be just tickled if New Hampshire actually were to secede from yeah. the Union and become its own. It's I'd just be tickled pink. Yeah. Now, uh, then we'd have to put up a wall between Nashua and Massachusetts mm-hmm. to keep those furners from in- invading. I don't think taking uh, up all of our jobs. And, and, uh, think any of that would oh, happen no okay yeah uh, and in fact i think that uh massachusetts people, are hard-working people the Kevin. people inside of new hampshire would suddenly have an economic advantage that no other state has which is the ability to trade freely <laughs> like do you remember uh uh i don't know 15 years ago or something uh in in the news is always like the free trade agreement. The free trade yeah. agreement. The free trade agreement. Blah, 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 free trade. Here's what a free trade agreement should say. You are free to trade with anyone you want, whenever you want. You, you shouldn't even have to write it down. It's the <laughs> default it state. Yeah. It's all the, it should say. If yeah. it has to say anything at all. Yeah. Sure. Much like the Bill of Rights, right? It would be enshrined yeah. as opposed to created. Right. Yeah. Yes. All right. I'll take it. Yes. Uh, but instead, no, uh, the, the free trade agreement is... Well, it's a bunch of stuff you can't do. Okay. Is <laughs> so, that one that Alex Jones got wrong? Uh, I don't know. Because it was like, it was it was the pitch for the Amero and the North Atlantic Highway that was going to oh go from Mexico God. to the United, to Canada. Not about the Amero. Yeah. That one hurts my brain. Okay. Oh, man. Wow. That's pulling one out of the way back machine. You're welcome. Wow. Holy cow. They're going to force this on us all. They're going to build a highway, seven lanes both ways from Mexico all the way to Canada, and you're going to be forced to use the Amero. I mean, you can already drive. And they're turning the frogs gay. You can already drive from, like, Alaska through Canada, all you know, like, down the West Coast. No, but it was going to be a whole California, brand new highway. Yeah, all the way down, like, I mean. Yeah, yeah there, there are routes that you can take to get from hither to yon, but this was going to be, like, a straight shot. I've never been to yon. You've never been to yon? I've only been to hither. You can Google map going from here to there. That's also a thing. <laughs> uh, from heaven to hell as well, I think. I'm trying to remember. I think I think in Wisconsin there is a town called Nowhere. Okay. So I've been to Nowhere. Nice. Uh, you should lo- take nobody to Nowhere <laughs> and do nothing. <laughs> probably exactly what would happen. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about, so we haven't even gotten into it. Uh, this from AP. Brazilian city enacts an ordinance that was secretly written by ChatGPT, Rio de Janeiro. City lawmakers in Brazil have enacted what appears to be the nation's first legislation written entirely by artificial intelligence, even if they didn't know it at the time. That's the best part. I know. He just wrote it. He was like, 
dude, I'm submitting this. Dude goes like, hey, AI, can you just write a thing? Because, you know, I'm too hungover. I got too drunk. I don't even know what the circumstances were, but, like, whatever it is, right? And AI goes, okay, here. Spit something out. And he goes, great. <laughs> Based on your previous laws, this is what we think your next law will be. The experimental ordinance was passed in October in the southern city of Porto Alegre, and City Councilman Ramiro Rosario revealed this week that it was written by a chatbot, sparking objections and raising questions about the role of artificial intelligence in public policy. What's the prompt that he gave it? I don't know, but... Uh, we this, need to usurp more tax money. This it might be a law. This particular paragraph is assuming that there is any intelligence at all in public policy. <laughs> Probably one of the smartest things ever written. I mean, I don't know. I haven't re- read it. So or I- an AI. There's, you know, it's the 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 the, the term used more prominently is the large language model. Yes. Right. Like it doesn't understand it. It just it it's predictive text. Uh, Rosario told the Associated Press that he asked OpenAI's chatbot ChatGPT to craft a proposal to prevent the city from charging taxpayers to replace water consumption meters if they are stolen. Oh. So apparently they have a problem in Brazil with people stealing water meters? Okay. I guess. Again, to prevent the city from charging taxpayers to replace water consumption meters. He's not even a good politician by their standards. If they're stolen. He then presented it to his 35 peers on the council without making a single change. Or even letting them know about its unprecedented origin. That's well played. Just trolling of the highest level. I on behalf of the people for a change. It's yeah. This is this is one of those good news stories. Okay, you know yeah. that, that I like to. Digging. You know, we, it's not all bad news here. So, I mean, he's still know, a politician. It, yeah, of yeah. course, and it's all still right. legislation, which you know. Okay, right. but like a uh, quote. If I had revealed it before, the proposal certainly wouldn't have even been taken to a vote, Rosario told the AP by phone on Thursday. The 36-member council approved it unanimously, and the ordinance went into effect on November 23rd. So it's been in effect for a couple of weeks. It would appear to be unfair to the population to run the risk of the project not being approved simply because it was written by artificial intelligence, he added. The arrival of ChatGPT on the marketplace just over a year ago has sparked a global debate on the impacts of potentially revolutionary AI-powered chatbots. While How long was the text? Oh, that's I mean, our question. politicians don't read it, but sometimes it's like thousands of pages long. This seems like a page and a half might be sufficient. What, what was the famous line in here? You got to read it to know what's in it. Oh, you no, gotta you got to pass it to, to know to what's, what's in it. it. Yeah. We don't have to read it. We got to pass it first. Yeah. Then we'll find out what's in it. I almost said a bad word there. Sorry, guys. Well, well held back. I FCC. It was really FCCing tough. Okay, is what it was. Uh, the arrival of Chat GPT on the marketplace over a year ago has sparked global debate. Uh, while some see it as a promising tool, it has also caused concerns and anxiety. What's it? Okay, anyway. Well, there was that one lawyer that asked it to cite uh, some legal precedent, and it, it made up some legal precedent for him and he got his license suspended. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so, I remember that. You can't you can't trust it. Like it's a good starting point. Uh some see it as a promising tool. It also has caused concerns and anxiety about the unintended or undesired impacts 
of a machine handling tasks currently performed by humans. Okay, I'm going to stop there. There's more to this article, but uh, and we'll get into it. But I, when I was growing up, like it was believed that by the time I was, well, my age now, that we'd have robots doing all the menial stuff. You'd have a Rosie. Yeah, we'd have a Rosie from the Jetsons, right? Robot house cleaner, right? And people are like, well, you have the room, but it's not the same thing. Yeah. And also, I don't have one. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want one. I also don't know if I want one. I can't um, even wipe down the countertops. Rosie could wipe down the counters. What What happened instead was uh, people discovered that it was less expensive to outsource stuff to foreign countries because you could pay them a lot less. Yep. And so that's where all the industry and all that, all the stuff got started getting made no longer in the U.S. Get yourself a Mexican to clean the counters. 603-283-6160. Still to come, we'll talk more about this chat GPT legislation and more. It's Free Talk Live, the Saturday Night Edition, 603-283-6160. But it is Free Talk Live. It is. The telephone number, if you'd like to join us, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's... Richie Rich. And... The Captain. And... Uh, Clockless Mountaineer. That's right. We, we're sans one host today, so we've replaced him with a chair and a clock and a speaker. So, and we've named him Clockless Mountaineer. Which doesn't make sense, because he's a clock. Right, so he's not clockless. Yeah, but whatever. Probably not going to be doing any mountaineering anytime soon, either. <laughs> we should po- we should post the, the picture of clockless mountaineer with the beard to, like, the Free Talk Live social media. I can do that. Okay. Yeah, I can make that happen. <laughs> It'll be after the show. It yeah, that's be fine. Now, I don't care. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, but speaking of thanking people, <laughs> you're like, wait, were we talking about that? No, no but, I, saw, I saw you pick up the but, paper. But I'm going to now. Yeah. I want to say thank you to... Somebody named Sean Paul. Now, normally I'd make a joke about don't trust a man with two first names. But in this case, I'm giving him a pass because Sean Paul is a silver level amplifier. (laughs) What does that mean? What what does it mean to be a Free Talk Live amplifier? Well, uh, Sean Paul has visited amps.freetalklive.com and voluntarily decided to give us five bucks a month in order to help advertise, market, promote, and support. That's what AMPS stands for. Advertise, market, promote, and support. Where does that money go? Well, uh, it goes directly into my beer fund. No, it doesn't. It goes to help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations. Uh, We're currently on about 180 radio stations. We could be on 200, 250, 300. Not out of the question. It's all up to you. If you enjoy the hosts, the co-hosts, the callers, the perspective of peace, liberty, prosperity, and freedom that we bring, please consider becoming an amplifier and helping us spread the message of freedom over at amps.freetalklive.com. It's a Patreon type of setup, so there's different levels. You can give more than five. We only ask for five, but you can give more. There's different perks that you get for different levels of giving and that kind of stuff, but that's not why you should give. You should give because you want to help spread the message of freedom and you enjoy the show. So thank you to Sean Paul. We appreciate you. Still the best use of your Liberty Dollar, and not the Liberty Dollar, but... (laughs) Yeah. 
God, I wish I had one of those. The Which one? Item, the, okay. the Von Nauhaus one. Oh, I, I know that, but yeah. there was like the paper dollar, the warehouse receipt. No, the coin. Yeah, okay. The the, the silver dollar looking thing. I've got one of those somewhere. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't get in on that okay. back in the day. I've got a few. Of, I bought like, I don't know how many I have, but I have um, kind of like the gift set. Yeah. Right? Like the, the different sizes and weights yeah. going down. I recently, um, so once upon a time, I got a friend of mine uh, interested in, in, in Bitcoin. Okay. Uh, back before I even moved here, so at least five years ago, probably eight years ago, ten years ago, something like that. And uh, he'd been talking about it. He didn't get into it. He didn't end up getting any or acquiring any. But uh, because he'd been talking about it one year for Christmas, like his uncle gave him like ten bucks. In, in Bitcoin, and this was in the... Uh, and now he's these... a millionaire. Oh. No, no. Uh, <laughs> Not that This is ago. in one of these uh, certificate-looking things. It's real official-looking. Okay. Uh, it's got a little pull-tab thing that you got to yeah. pull to reveal the code, the QR, and all that stuff under it, uh, and that kind of a thing. And uh, he ended up giving it to me. Like, he regifted it. Okay. His uncle gave it to him because he'd been talking about it, and he's like, well, here, I got you something. And he knew that I was into it because I got him talking about it. And he was like, well, here, dude, it's Christmas. Here, nice. let me give this okay. to you. So time goes by, and I do the calculation. I'm like, All right, well, this 10 bucks is now worth, I don't remember how much it was, 150 bucks, something like that. Uh, and so I went ahead and I gave my friend, uh, we'll call him Chris, because I have so many friends named Chris. We call him Steve, too, because I got so many friends named Steve. Uh, but uh, I, I gave my friend Chris uh, back his ten dollars, except with appreciation, right? Okay. So, so I gave him one hundred and fifty in Bitcoin, right? Uh, and he was like, "No way, dude!" And I'm like, "Hell yeah, dude!" And so he was super happy about getting, you know, because I basically was like, you know, a savings account for him at that yeah. point. Okay. Um, and so I gave him one hundred and fifty, but I, I, I only gave it to him. I didn't give it to him from the certificate, right? You see, I just had oh, some Bitcoin okay. of my own, and I did the calculation. I'm like, "Hey, remember that?" That ten bucks that you gave me on that certificate, he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, it's worth like 150. So, what's your Bitcoin address? And he's like, oh, it's this. And I sent it, sent him 150. Did you still have the certificate? I still had the certificate. Did now, you pull the tab? Now, uh, I did recently, but oh. well after, well All after right. this occurred. The reason that I did it was because there is somewhere uh, a a spreadsheet or a database that has the keys. And so if I didn't pull the tab and move it into a wallet, into my possession, there's a chance that somebody still has access to that database okay. that originally spit these certificates out. Okay. You see, that has those keys. And so if I didn't move it and secure it, okay. uh, I was taking a risk. All right. I, however, kept the certificate. Okay. For nostalgia purposes. I, w- I was going to suggest more that if you still had the certificate, that would be one of those every, you know, every year you just re-gift it back to him. And the next <laughs> year he gives it back to you. <laughs> y- and yeah. then at some point, like, one of you either, like, pulls it because you're in a pinch or whatever. Yeah. Or whoever outlasts the other guy gets gets it in the end. I'm pretty sure it was a result of, like, uh, whenever I bought my house, it was a result of me, like, moving and, like, going through all of my stuff okay. during the move. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And I kind of remembered that. And then I did the calc and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it back to him. Yeah. Right. You know, hey, dude, you gave this to me as a gift, but I'm going to gift it back. He's like, yeah. Uh, so I thought it was cool. He thought it was cool, too. Uh, but then I, I was reading up on it and like, yeah, there's there's more than one person that has that information. OK. Right. And the fact that it exists somewhere 
means that somebody has access to it. Yeah. And so I was like, ah, I think, I think I'll just secure it now. And I mean, there, there were the casatious coins, too. I didn't get one of those okay. either. Yeah. I wasn't here. Those were the early stages of trying to, like, wedge Bitcoin back into the current monetary system. Yeah. We need to have paper and coinage. Yep. Yep. I mean, and all great ideas. You know, unnecessary, but now, at least. Uh, so, at any rate, uh, what have we been talking about, Richard? We've been talking about all sorts of stuff. Well, I, the AI-generated law in Brazil. That's right. Where we left off. So, yeah, ChatGPT uh, has apparently written some legislation. Uh, what did they say? An ordinance in Brazil. To protect the the, the, the people, though. Uh, this guy, Ramiro Rosario, uh, didn't tell anybody. Like He had ChatGPT uh, concoct something to prevent the city from charging taxpayers to replace their water meters. If yeah. the water meters get stolen, apparently there's something valuable in these meters that gets them stolen. I assume some precious metal or some component that, you know, nets yep. money. Uh, but he didn't tell anybody, and then the thing passed, and it's it was it went into effect on November 23rd. What, is, what does this suggest about ChatGPT, though, right, that, that it can put together a well-articulated paragraph of information? That's a good like, what are we What are we reading into this? It fooled politicians, okay, but if he prompted it to write, you know, a a bill with this parameters, yeah. and it did, you know, okay, so what? That's that's what it does. It takes your parameters and it crafts words. I think the uh, the thing that would you know make most people perk up is like, are the robots going to start making laws? Well, that they would they would have to be autonomous on their own. Right, he fed a prompt with a very right. specific goal in mind, yeah. and it formulated the words to articulate for him so well that nobody noticed. Yeah, apparently, or like most politicians, they just didn't read it. They're like, "Sure, we'll pass that." Yeah. Fine. Oh, it looks formatted right. Well, and again, if, that's why I asked how long it was because it it may have been just been you know a paragraph or two on a page, and then who cares, right? Yeah, uh, the article continues, Porto Alegre, with a population of 1.3 million, is the second largest city in Brazil's south. The city council president, Hamilton Sossmeyer. That's a name. <laughs> It'd be better if it was Sossmeister, and he was a drunk. Okay. Like, you know, get a sort of a fulfill your Or a premier there. chef. Oh, yeah. It's spelled S-O-S-S-M-E-I-E-R, oh, okay. so it's, yeah. Anyway, Hamilton Sossmeyer found out that Rosario had enlisted ChatGPT to write the proposal when the councilman bragged about the achievement on social media on Wednesday. <laughs> what if it's the a hoax? story is so good. He'll, Even if He'll it come is. out next week and be like, no, I wrote it. I was just fooling y'all. Uh, Sossmeyer initially told local media that he thought it was a dangerous precedent. All right. Hey, guess what? A... Uh, a language model can write better legislation than you politicians. Well, it, that's that might not even be true, right? It's just, it follows the prompt. It's articulate. The AI large language models that power chatbots like ChatGPT work by repeatedly trying to guess the next word in a sentence and are prone to making up false information. See? Just like people. Well, which is why you got to read it. But if you're, if you're passing legislation... If you're if you're doing a history report, right, you may not want to rely on Chat GPT. Yeah. But if you're doing a creative endeavor, 
and this is the starting point. Yeah. And you can go, you know, if you're doing fiction. That's an interesting point because usually, at least it's been my experience thus far, that a new technology arrives and the first place it gets utilized is art. Yeah. Right? So, like, audio, right? Oh, you know, software is changing the, the recording industry, right? And it has, well, I don't know, 30 times or something since I've been alive, right? New technology comes out, you know? I can't tell you how many format changes I've been through as a person. Or actual art, right? I forget what the uh, what the, the prominent one that just creates images is. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this phenomenon of making up uh, false information is called hallucination, believe it or not. All right. So ChatGPT, when it makes up fake stuff, is called hallucination. All chatbots sometimes introduce false information when summarizing a document. It says all and then sometimes. That's a really well-written sentence. Uh, ranging from about 3% of the time for the most advanced GPT model to a rate of about 27% for one of Google's models, according to recently published research by the tech company Vectara. In an article published on the website of Harvard Law School's Center of Legal Profession earlier this year, Andrew Perlman, dean at Suffolk University Law School, wrote that ChatGPT may portend an even more momentous shift than the advent of the Internet, but also warned of its potential shortcomings. So we don't have to get into it, nor do I, am I suggesting we switch, but I did have this headline um, as part of show prep. Psychologists find sleep can distort our memories. Right, I, I have that in show prep, yeah. I, yeah, I know, I get it, but yeah. I'm not saying we have to get into it. I'm just saying I, I want to relate it to the chat GPT, right? Okay. Create, creating these hallucinations when humans are just as prone to the same sort of error, yeah, right, by with false memories, yeah, and and these false memories uh, go back, uh, like research on that. I mean, I remember reading stuff about that as a kid, where like, you know, ten people were involved in a like a Cessna went down, yep, you know, crashed somewhere, and then when people were interviewed about that after they got to safety or whatever, they all recalled it differently, yeah, right. They like almost none of them their stories jived. They all had different memories of what happened and what sequence and who did what and who didn't do yep. stuff and all that kind of stuff. So they they warn you about that if you're ever in like an armed conflict with the firearm, right? Your your body goes to like physiological changes, and your temporal perception shifts, mm -hmm. and you just you don't know how things happened and in what order. Yeah, it just goes out the window. It happened to me the first time I ever stepped on stage with an electric guitar and a band. Okay, like. I don't like time just slowed down. Like we're playing speed metal. Right? Okay. Like just yeah. ripping. And like it felt like we were playing everything at half speed. Um, you were in the zone. I, I, I was young at, at the time. And uh, me and uh, the other guitar player, we used to do this bit during the opening song where we'd pogo. Okay. And that's just jumping up and down while you're playing. Right? Okay. Like, po but you know, just using basically your ankles. Not like, Got it. you know, kind of a thing. Wasn't sure what it was. Yeah. And so uh, so we're doing the pogo at the pogo part of the song, and we kind of almost pogo into each other, but we see that that's about what we're, we're about to do. And so we sort of, you know, lean back the other way, but both of us simultaneously, as a result of trying to avoid the collision, fall down. Nice. With our guitars. <laughs> 
And I thought, oh, no, we've ruined the show, right? And, like, I'm kind of still hitting strings and stuff, and so is he. Like, yeah, because I'm on the ground. I'm kind of half on my side, half on my back, and so is he. And so I kind of get up on one leg, and then I kind of get up on on another leg, and I finally stand up. We keep playing. I'm like, oh, man, we've totally ruined the show. And we keep playing. We finally end the song or whatever. We continue with our set, and we get done. We took video of that. And uh, I think the next time we had rehearsal, which is probably the next day, uh, or at least unloading the van, we we we, we got to practice this. Day we, we we put the video in, and I'm still like, no, we totally botched that opening song. Watch the video. It took like a second. Like it was poga poga poga. Fall down, get up. Nice. Right, like bam, and like almost like the drummer kept going, singer kept going, we kept going. So like no one even noticed, nice. except us. Right, because you're in the moment. Time had just slowed yeah. down. That, that temporal uh, distortion, yeah. yeah, that that distortion. Where like we're playing, you know, arguably a three minute song that felt like it took a half an hour. So, I will say this: when I got hit by a car, you know, um, my life did not flash before my eyes, and nothing slowed down. Like I did not experience yeah. anything. I just woke up later. I was uh, I was in a van. Uh, my my brother was driving. Uh, the road turned to ice. Uh, there was a, a coating of snow on the road. There was no salt down. This is in Wisconsin. I was mm, 19 or so years old. And this tandem semi-jackknife's in front of us. And we end up crashing the front of the van into the back corner of this tandem semi. Okay. And I wasn't wearing my seatbelt. Neither was my brother. I thought I was going to die. And so I braced my hand up against the dashboard Right, and I was like, I'm gonna keep my eyes open as long as I can because if I'm gonna die, I want to see how I die and feel your arms snap. Right, uh, and so the crash happens. I don't like. I have this blank. Right, like, yep. like here comes the semi. I don't have any memory. I don't have any. Th- like, usually my memories, I can hear stuff because I'm an auditory guy. Uh, I have no memory of the crash itself, other than like next thing I know, I'm in between both of the seats. In, in you know in between the van seats on the floor okay and I hit my back on the driver's seat my brother's still in the driver's seat he's holding the steering wheel in his hand but the steering wheel is now detached okay from like it's in his lap yeah. we're both covered in glass right and I'm worried about because it was kind of a busy highway I'm worried about people Plowing ramming into, into us yeah. so like I'm trying to drag my brother out and so we get get out and and all that kind of stuff and we ended up you know we're okay my back that's how I originally screwed up my back okay um, but went to the hospital. They're like, oh, your x-ray is good and whatever. But, like, it hasn't been the same since then. Yep. But I wanted to see. I was like, well, this is how I go. But, I like, that's how it went. Yep. Nope. I, I saw the headlights. I heard the smash. And then I woke up. That's it. Wow. No flash. No sl- it's not like It's not like the headlights got real slow as it came. There was just nothing. Yeah. I Every now and again, I, I get behind a semi. And I'm like, uh... Should I turn off and, you know, should I pass this guy? But I just don't like, you know, when it's winter. I just yeah. don't like, now I'm a little uh, you gotta get paranoid of the, of the semis, especially the tandem ones. This is, a, yeah. for those who don't know, it's a semi truck with two of the uh, the trailers attached to it. Not just one. Not a normal semi truck with, like, the cab and then one cargo trailer. Yep. This is a cab with one cargo trailer and then another one attached to that. So, uh, yeah. I try to I try to get ahead because if they're going to wreck, I want them to wreck behind me mm-hmm. and impede everybody else. Uh, let's see. We've got someone calling. Unscreened caller. What's your name, please? 
Hi, this is Kurt from Michigan. Hey, Kurt, you're on Free Talk Live. What is on your mind? Well, I would like to talk about base liberty tenets. Go down to Libertarianism 101 if we can. Okay. I know we get new listeners all the time, and I think that this is something worth covering. Okay. Um, what are base uh, libertarian tenets? Well, liber- base liberty tenets would be those tenets outside of which, when you step, you are stepping away from liberty. Is this more so, than just the non-aggression principle? Well, it kind of obviously it it, it all it all intertwines, right? Okay. Like I, I guess I guess the first thing we'd have to agree on what the base liberty tenets are, right? Because liberty is an agreement, right? Well, you just defined it. Those things that which you step out, you are stepping well, out of liberty. But I mean, well, that's defining what. They, but yes, well, let's let's say, for instance, I believe that self ownership is a base liberty tenant. Okay. Right. So each right bearing entity owns themselves, and as a result of which they own their skills, their time, their abilities, and their talents, and own everything that they trade for that. And anybody that steps in between that without the permission of the the participants is committing an aggression against liberty. Would, would you consider that a base liberty tenant? I would, Richie. Uh, I'll, I'll accept it for now, but so go on. Okay. Uh, would okay. you Would you believe or uh, consider consent to be a base libertarian tenant? Yes. Richie? That's, yeah, basically, that's, that, that yeah. kind of spells, up, spells it out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, a second base liberty tenant that I would... Think it would be there are there are no gradient rights, right? Like everybody has the same level of rights. Now we may not have rights in the exact same thing. Like I may have rights to this property that you don't have, but we all possess the right to acquire property justfully. Okay. What would be a gradient right? Is there an example of one that you can give to our audience? Sure. The way we used to treat African Americans, or that cops can speed to catch up to you. you. You can't own property. You can't, you know, participate in the in the process. Okay. These types of things. Okay. So right? exclusionary I, rights. Correct. Okay. I will dis I will disagree on that premise only because um, this is where it would be nice to have Peakless here uh, instead of Clockless uh, sitting in his chair. Um, I my personal philosophy or opinion um, is that rights don't exist they're you know for lack of a better term social construct and a fiction well as as is as is language and mathematics right but but those help move society forward as do rights talking about rights is is conceptually useful but i don't believe that anyone has quote unquote rights only to the, from what I've heard, only to the the, the ability to for themselves to defend them, correct? Yeah, like if you can't defend so it, you don't have a, a right. A right? person You're, in a wheelchair has no rights in your bill in your estimation. Uh, I don't think anybody they, really they, has rights in my estimation. That's why okay. I consider it a fiction. Okay. Right. You you, so you then, can you can shout so then, from the rooftops that I I have a right to life until someone shoots you in the head. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have the right to life. It was just aggressed again. Yeah, which is a great fiction. Hey, uh, it's, I feel like you have more to say. Do you want to hang on? Please. All right, stand by. We'll bring you back after the after this. 
603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. We'll talk more about base libertarian tenets and acts of fiction in the human mind. It's Free Talk Live. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. It's the final segment of the Saturday Night Edition. Might still be time for you if you want to call 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. And Richie Rich. and uh, Clockless Mountaineer. Yeah, Clockless Mountaineer over there. He hasn't really said much tonight, but... uh, It just keeps ticking away. Well, dang, he looks good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, what were we doing? Oh, we were talking to, uh, oh my gosh, caller, I've forgotten your name. What is it? Kurt. Kurt, thank you. Uh, We were talking to Kurt about uh, rights and human constructs and that type of a thing. Uh, Rich, Rich, pick up. Again, I I reject the, I reject that we have rights. Uh, I acknowledge that they are useful in discussing certain topics. So the you know the the fundamental rights that w- people discuss is life, liberty, and property. But we know that those can be aggressed against, attenuated, or what have you. So you don't have a right to life. You have a life if you can defend it, or right? for as long as you do. For as long it. as you defend it, right? You don't have liberty. Uh, you don't have a right to liberty. You have liberty as long as you can defend it for as long as you can defend it. Or as long as you exercise it. Sure. You don't You don't have a right to property. You have property so long as you can defend it against any, any and all aggressors. So, Kurt, what do you got to say? Well, that would be, you know, the, the reality of this situation, you know, given that, you know, might does make rights in our world. Yeah, it does. In, 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 a, in, a, in a society where liberty is respected... You know, because again, we we have a whole host of of abstracts that that come together to make yeah. humanity greater than itself. You know, mathematics, science, medicine; these are all things that are just ideas in people's heads. Yeah. Right. But there's no there's no doubt that they move society forward, and and we find that those societies that respect rights end up being far more prosperous. And therefore, I think that it's worth respecting these rights in order to raise the prosperity of people right and humanity. and if it but it, not just the rights but if you respect other people's life if you respect other people's liberty and you respect other people's property uh then there's no need for them to defend it against you correct correct okay. but you don't have a right but there are always but there always will be i mean the fact yeah. of the matter is is even even without the 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 mass crime that <laughs> government creates and commits people there would still be crime the question is 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 uh to whom does the retribution belong? Uh, be more you know, specific. I mean, our society belongs to the government, right? Okay. I believe it belongs to the victim. But our society, the government takes ownership of that retribution. Sure. Yeah, they claim a monopoly on, well, the court system, you know, all that kind of stuff. They have a right to violence. So um, I've, got a, I've got a third uh, liberty tenant, if you don't mind me okay. putting it out there. Sure. 
no right-bearing entity can stay within the confines of liberty while extracting their daily you know, resources from somebody that is not consenting to it. Um, so violation long of consent. Winded, but yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on board. Okay. okay. So I believe that every once in a while, Free Talk Live posits a position that I think does not reflect these base liberty tenants. The one in particular I'd like to bring up is the River Dave situation. Okay. And um, I don't know if you want to recap that. I guess he was living on somebody else's property with permission. Yep. The property changed hands. Yep. And then the new property owner did no longer wanted him there. Okay. And he had every right to ask him to leave. And I think that the 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 person not not that Free Talk Live denigrated the property owner, but they certainly exalted the person who was taking extracting their resources from somebody without their permission. Thoughts? Go on. Be more, be more concrete with your examples because I'm having trouble following the abstract. Well, so the well, situation was... Well, Dave lived on somebody else's property and we got had that a part. built there. And as a result of that, this person was going to incur higher bills through taxation. Okay. You know, and not only that, but they had this thing that maybe they may or may not want this structure on their property they may or may not want. Okay. My understanding, right. my understanding of that situation, and I could be wrong, uh, is that uh, everything you've said, uh, you know, is correct, uh, with the exception that uh, there was no knowledge of River Dave passed on when the ownership changed hands. So uh, River Dave got permission from owner A, right? We'll call him Bob, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, Bob was like, "Sure, River Dave, you can have a shack on my land. It's totally cool, uh, you know, as long as you're just chilling." Uh, and and he was like, sure, no problem. And then Bob sold the the property to you know property owner actually, number two. It was actually inherited. I understand Bob died and it was inherited, right? Okay, all right. So Bob Junior, his brother, Bob Junior, Bob's brother now now owns the land. So ownership changes, but there was no mention of River Dave in the ownership change of hands. Is my understanding mention of River Dave or mention to River Dave or both? Uh, both. Okay. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, Bob dies, and you know the Steve comes along and says, "Hey, get off my land." Well, Steve, yep. Steve gets the land, has Bob. no knowledge that River Dave was given permission to be there. Okay. By the previous owner, uh, and River Dave has no knowledge that the ownership has changed. Okay. Uh, and so now we have this, you know, this situation. Oh, that's the Curtis now talking to us about. Okay. And your position with regards to Free Talk Live is we picked the wrong side in that dispute. I, well, I, 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 I didn't hear anybody say that, that the, the new owner had every right to ask him to leave and River Dave should have immediately left. Well, immediately is a strong they, term, right? Like, well, I mean, to the, to the extent that you can, that you can gather your things reasonably yeah. And vacate the property, or at least you know, tell them indicate your intention to do so. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't. Can can I say the D word on the air? Well, let's use Richard. Okay. I mean, I so, think you can, but okay. like, let's be careful. So there's a there's you know, I think this comes from Stefan Molyneux, mm-hmm. and it was generally don't be a Richard. Yeah. Right. So if you're the mm-hmm. new property owner and you come across River Dave, don't be a Richard. Right. Right. Talk talk to him. 
see what the situation is. You know, what what would the community, you know, how would the community view your actions uh, if you were, you know, if you roughed up River Dave? It's like the ANCAP scenario of like, if the little girl picks a daisy on your lawn, can you shoot her? Do you have the right to shoot her? Are you allowed to shoot her? Yeah. Well, just don't do it. Right. Don't be a Richard. Well, well, there, there again, there is a there is an increasing uh, uh, level of of action against a person. Obviously, the first the first thing is not to pull out a gun, right? If somebody is if somebody is, is trampling your property or has done damage, you, you send them a letter or you speak to them. Sure. You've done this damage. You need to make me whole. You don't you don't shoot the girl in the head if she's picking your daisies, right? Right. So with River Dave, you, you, what you, what damage was River Dave doing to the property? that caused this, you know, caused Steve in our well, example. It was a government, it was a government induced problem, right? The, the, the government talked to the, the new owner and said, Hey, you got this person here. You okay. got an additional structure there. Your taxes are going to go up this much you or, or we're going to have to send someone out to, you know, inspect okay. it, whatever. But he was getting heat from the local government. All right. So put the blame on the government then. Well, I, the blame is on the government, but the fact right. of the matter is, is that, I mean, ultimately, the blame for everything is on the government, if you ask me. But well, there you go. The red thread runs through all our problems. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah. These, but, these two people could have peacefully but, but coexisted. The right to leave. These two people he could have peacefully right coexisted, never being aware of each other until day until River Dave like peacefully passed on because he was elderly to begin with, right? Except for the fact that the state came in and caused conflict between two otherwise peaceful individuals. Well, so the, again. If just because I don't know that you are extracting your resources from my property does not mean you are not in violation of my property rights, just because you can get away with it, and I don't know. Well, but he, he wasn't getting away with it. He was operating under well, a previous agreement that he had that no known with, that, that there was no the knowledge owner. was null and yep. void. That died with the old owner, right? But right. as long as you, you know, I, I don't know what the first meeting between them was like, but yeah, the new owner had every right to ask him to leave and to, and to have him leave he had the he had saying. the right to ask you can always ask right well he, he had the right to well he had the right to an ever ever escalating series of steps to get him to leave yeah i mean sure, sure if, could, but then he's being a richard in the eyes of the community and he should be ostracized accordingly hey, let the community get, get some property up and give get to river day why am i why am i the guy that's got to do it well you inherited why the property, property of which you know? there was already a tenant so, well, he wasn't quite a tenant. He was more of a squatter. Well, I don't not, know, I don't not know if he had permission. If he had agreement. permission, he's not a squatter. But I don't know if there was a financial agreement. A, tenant, a tenancy, you know, would, would, would uh, give the idea of a, of a contract and the, the exchange. Okay, of, well, then, then pick, a, pick a word that means tenant without the financial obligation to pay rent. Squatter. I don't know what that was. That's not a squatter. Squatter, squatter has no right to be there. Property. What's that? He's on somebody else's property. He, I mean, at that point, he had no permission to be there. Again, the permission died with the old owner. Yeah, but you got you have to have knowledge of that, man. True. Again, I don't know what the first meeting was like. Yeah, yeah but yeah. you're presuming was, you're it, presuming that River Dave was told to leave and didn't, right? But it, up until the point that he was told to leave, he had no knowledge of the new owner. The owner had no knowledge of River Dave until the government intervened. Use of media. He was making use of media in order to be able to counteract it. Okay. Once I mean, once 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 he came on Free Talk Live, he all knew he knew all about it, right? He knew all about the situation. And again, he, River he David? should have. Yeah. Okay. Yes. A couple of, of times. All he, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, of course, he, he, uh, he, he should have been making arrangements to leave somebody else's property because, again, you shouldn't be able to extract your, your existence out of somebody else without their permission, right? Okay. Yeah, I so. uh, you, and you and make, the property owner is still a Richard, and screw that guy. Well, again, the, the, the non-aggression principle, if you believe in it, is not the measure as to whether or not you're a nice person. It's you're right. the measure as to whether or not you're a criminal. You're right, but I can Everything still I can still hate nice that person. guy. I can still wish bad things upon that guy for being a Richard to River Dave. And I can encourage other people within the community to not do business with him. I can encourage mm-hmm. him to leave the community for putting, you know, an elderly uh, individual into that circumstance or, you know, exacerbating the circumstance. Right. I can say that he's a bad person that ought die of starvation because no one's willing to feed him. But you have to agree. With, but you have to if you're going to be within the context of liberty, you'll have to say that he had the right to do it. Sure. And yeah. screw them anyway. And, uh, you know, well, Free Talk Live is not uh, infallible. Uh, we do have a, a variety oh, no. of hosts and co-hosts, and uh, we have been wrong before and will be wrong again, uh, I'm sure, on something at some point. point. Next line, Peakless is on. Usually there's one person that would that will bring up something, you know, yeah. contrary. You know, shed the light on that one passage. Well, and and I this don't is, believe in this particular instance they did. And this is why we have folks calling, right? Uh, particularly right. like yourself. I've really enjoyed this call, by the way. Uh, because, you know, it takes a variety of scenarios. It takes a variety of personalities to discuss these things and vet them out. I've been listening so long that when I first heard of the AMP program, they were asking for help to get past the 33 stations that they were on. <laughs> nice. Before the move. And, and it's been probably about eight or ten years since I've called. But uh, I listen to Free Talk Live every day. And I think it's a wonderful program. It is a wonderful service. And yeah. thank you very much for what you guys do. Hey, Kurt, thank you so much for the call tonight. We hope to talk to you again. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to join us tonight. Um, I'm trying to, like, I can't remember the specifics of what exacerbated the River Dave situation. Like, at the time, I remember being here when he called one time, and then he called another time when I wasn't here. And so those two calls, uh, at least when, you know, the hubbub was going on, he he called, I think, more than that two times into the show. Um, But when that was going on, I'm trying to remember exactly what exacerbated the situation. I feel like it was, like... The, the current, you know, the new owner of the property uh, didn't go and ask. He just immediately called police. Oh, well, then definitely screw that guy. Is is what I think happened, but I don't okay. remember. I'm, you know, I don't, I've said it out loud, but, like, I don't know if that's factual or not in the situation. And, and that's what I find, um, you know, that owner being a Richard. Yeah. Right? Uh, my, my opinions vacillate based on the information I'm provided. Yeah. Right, so if you say that he just called the cops on River Dave, well then screw that guy. Like at least according to River Dave, right? Like that's that was that was the impression that I got. If Steve didn't call in to defend his position within the community, yeah, right. Then what can you do? If you're if you're going to make yourself an outlaw within the community of which you're operating, yeah, 
Well, then, tough. Then you got to start defending yourself. Right. Uh, let's go to, I believe this is Rob in Vermont. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, what's going on, brothers? Much, man. What's on your mind? Oh, oh. Boy, I tell you, it's, it's weird being the same age as old people. I'll <laughs> tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't have to tell me, brother. Yeah. I know you got hey, a couple years that, on me, uh, but young people, who needs them? I, I think that River Davis, I think he moved to Maine, didn't he? No clue. Yeah, I, I'm foggy on, like, the outcome of that. Yeah, yeah I remember the story, and... You know, I mean, he, you know, he was, you know, bullied off the property. They burned his, you know, his little shack down. It was really kind of sad. Yeah, that's the part. Don't yeah. be a Richard, right? There, right. there were probably more yeah. peaceful, economical ways to handle it than booting off an old guy and burning down his house. I just uh, consulted yeah. the magic rectangle, and uh, from, let's see, Updated August 18th of 2022, uh, River Dave moves out of New Hampshire and returns to Maine. So See, and it's if, from WMUR. In that case, right, if Steve ever, like, posted anything, not on, online, but, like, just showed up on my property, right, it would escalate to violence real quick because he would have it coming. Oh, uh, you're on my property way, now. Yeah. You need to leave with a broken nose. Right? Either the minute way, the minute he steps on anybody it. else's property but his own, he gets his ass beat. So uh, this just says uh, Lidstone, that's uh, River Dave, said he had to leave uh, New Hampshire over his dispute with a different landowner uh, since 2016 over a patch of forest near the Merrimack River that he called home for 27 years. A judge issued an injunction uh, for him to leave after the landowner sued him, and another judge recently ruled that River Dave would receive a $500 a day fine if he didn't. Uh, that would have went nowhere. So apparently uh, River Dave received more than $200,000 in donations uh, from you know the public, people who were sympathetic to his story. And that's what allowed him to okay. uh, get his place in Maine. And the landowner used the force of the state yes, to compel action. I, you know, I don't think, uh, my personal opinion, I don't really think that he wanted all of this attention. River Dave? Know? No, he probably yeah, just wanted to live out so. his days in a shack by the river. Yeah, he mentioned as much yeah. online. He was like, I don't, you know, he's like, I barely even know how to use this phone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember him, you know, calling in to Free Talk Live once or two, three times. You know, I don't remember exactly how many times, but he was having a hard time just operating the phone. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. What else is on your mind there, uh, Rob? Uh, well, I'm almost finished up with my fifth decade of live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How's it feel? Getting uh, starting my next what my sixth decade here in a couple two or three weeks. Whoa. Oh man, oh, that man. must have been rough as a kid. I was birthday right around Christmas. Come oh on. yeah, totally. That sucks. A former drummer of mine had his birthday in like this, like right around now or yeah. whatever. And 
he always he was like, dude, yeah, Once I would presents. get like, yeah, people go, here's your birthday and Christmas yep. gift. I'm like, oh, you poor bastard. You can have a Christmas present and a birthday card. Uh, I was thinking about this, Rob. You probably remember this. The phrase, drop a dime, right? Uh, meant to, yeah. to you know, call authorities on a guy, right? Man, that guy dropped a dime yeah. on him, right? Because that's how much a payphone costs. Yeah, the payphone, right? Do you remember payphones? Oh, yeah. God, I remember <laughs> when there was no FM radio. <laughs> now they're trying to get rid of AM radio. Uh, right? <laughs> what do yeah. we need this for? Well, Amplitude modulation. Who needs that? We that have frequency modulation. Okay. Yeah, that's what it stands for. All right, didn't even know. Yeah, that's all right. If we lose, uh, you know, AM and FM radio, I'll just hook up my analog radio, and I'll be all set. Yeah, I've been thinking about uh, one of the one of the things that keeps coming up in the the libertarian community is uh, uh, there's a a group of people who do radio stuff, specifically like ham radio stuff. Oh, you and, gotta get your license a, for that. But they they have classes that you can you know go and take, and I don't know if they're free or, or donation based or whatever. But like, uh, it keeps coming up, and I've been thinking about doing that because, uh, well, just exactly what you're saying. I've, you know, from listening to this show, Rob, that the FCC claims to own the air. Well, that's <laughs> so what does, they claim, and but... and and if they if they don't claim to own it, then the FAA claims to own it. Ham is worse. And if they and if they don't claim to own it, then NASA claims to own it, right? So government claims to own air, and so it's uh, I think would behoove regular folks to educate themselves on stuff like ham radio and citizen band radio as well, it okay. exists today. Citizen band more ham radio. You got to pass a test and get a license. But I'm thinking of it not uh, for. Uh, you know, for fun, I'm thinking of it more as a prep. Okay. Right? Because when communications go down, right, if the internet were to go down for some reason, uh, what would people do? Well, first it. of all, a lot of people would be like, oh my gosh, I better call. Oh, wait, I can't do that. Oh my gosh, I better get online. Oh, I can't do that. Okay. Oh my gosh, I better send some smoke signals because most people don't know how to do that. Yeah. Right? So what would people actually do in those situations? Uh, ham radio, citizen band radio, like these are the things that would continue to exist regardless of whether or not you got permission. Right. But it's the knowledge of how to operate one that I'm after, right? right? That's fair. Uh, whether or not the license, you know, needs to be acquired or whatever, uh, you know, I, I don't care about any of that. I just want the knowledge of the operation of said equipment and, and possibly the acquisition of said okay. equipment for a prep. Okay. Uh, in in that particular case, I don't think it's unreasonably expensive to get a ham setup. I don't think it is either, but I haven't looked into it, and it's something that keeps coming up in these like when I look at like the calendar and stuff like that. I'll see that pop up every now and again uh, within sort of the the New Hampshire libertarian community. All right. I think they even did something about it at uh, uh, Pork Fash this right. year. I think that uh, uh, Citizen Band Radio and Ham radio, it's a, it's a different language. It is. You know, and uh, there's certain codes you got to know, and, and you know, there's, there's a, it's a certain way of being able to, you know, communicate and talk with people, and it's, you know, and if you've got a good antenna from where you live at, you know, you can talk around the whole world. I mean, an 11-meter antenna will take care of that. There you go. 
like I said, Citizens Band seems a lot easier to get into than Ham as far as permission is concerned. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you could get yourself an Antron 99 and and talk, you know, throughout the whole state and probably Massachusetts and Vermont. We could start Ham Talk only Live. About 100 bucks. <laughs> huh? Ham Talk Live. Ham Talk Live. Bringing a bunch of like bacon, some uh, smoked ham, some spiral ham. Let's see what other yeah. kinds of pork chops, some yeah. some kielbasa, some sausages. Hey, Rob, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate you, man. Uh, 603-283-6160. Call tomorrow? Call tomorrow. Uh, for those of you who miss Mark Edge, we're hoping he's making a guest appearance remotely tomorrow as a co-host. So feel free to tune in. If you missed any part of tonight's show, find the archives over at freetalklive.com. Thanks and peace. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com.